a little disclaimer before we get rolling here. You're about to hear some ads. They're all from local entities that want to support the baseball community. A lot of these guys have deep connections. We're players themselves. So if you see having a need for any one of these services, please go patronize these guys. Thank you. We are also brought to you by Cardinal Cleaning. They can be reached at cardinalcleaningonline.com and 217-679-6567. Uh, the owner-operator, Adam Springer, local baseball dude, family friend, standout at Chatham-Glenwood in the mid-90s, also had a stellar career at Rend Lake in Kentucky Wesleyan. Cardinal Cleaning can take care of any cleaning needs you have, home, business, restaurant, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, Whatever you need, they can take care of you. Get a hold of Cardinal Cleaning. They'll do the rest. We are also brought to you by Milner Dentistry, located at 755 South Grand Avenue West. They can be reached at 217-528-3384. Dr. Ty and his staff are incredible. The place is clean. They do amazing work. They can handle all your dentistry needs. Uh, Thanks again to Dr. Ty for... Agreeing to sponsor us here, he was a standout at Rochester SCI and then later had a really cool story of walking on at the U of I. Have a ton of respect for this guy. Please go support Dr. Ty and Milner Dentistry. We are also brought to you by Matt Brewer. Matt is an attorney here in town at the law offices of Stephen Kelly. Matt exclusively practices in the areas of personal injury and workers' compensation. He can be reached at 217-544-8000 or mbrewer at stephenkelly.com. I love competing against this guy growing up. He was an SHG grad, 2002, stud in football and baseball, went on to star for Dan Callahan at SIU Carbondale, and then had a one-year career pitching in the Diamondbacks organization. I ran into this guy the other day. He looks like he could still lace him up. We appreciate you, Matt. We are also brought to you by Sheehan and Sheehan Lawyers, located at 1215 South 4th Street, Sweet A. They can be contacted at 217-544-0701. I'm talking Pat Sr., Pat Jr., and Willie. Uh, they can be contacted for adoption needs, agricultural law, business and commercial law, estate planning, real estate planning, taxation, traffic and minor traffic offenses, personal injury, wrongful death suits. And I grew up with Willie playing baseball on the Southwest Braves. We were state champs. He played uh, high school baseball and soccer at SHG. Pat Jr. was an accomplished baseball player at SHG, SCI, and uh, finally the U of I. We really appreciate the Sheens here. Love this guy. Love this family. Great, great family. So go see these guys. Appreciate you. We are also brought to you by Sitco Chiropractic. They can be reached at 217-525-2035 and sitcochiropractic.com. They offer chiropractic care, corrective exercises, lifestyle advice, nutritional counseling, spinal and postural screenings. They are located at 205 North Grand Avenue. Love the Sitco family. Uh, From the dad, Stephen, to Kyle and Casey, I grew up with them. Their brother, Tyler, was a big-time baseball player at SHG and SCI. There's a reason they have over 70 ratings on Google, and they're all 5.0. These guys are great. I went to them a few years back for some back issues I I was having. They'll fix you right up. Go see Sitco Chiropractic. All right. Who is the funniest teammate you have ever had? Oh, man. Funniest teammate I've ever had. Gosh, man. I have played with some characters. 
I think the funniest team I ever played on was the ones that I knew the best. So that had to be the Stallion squad from back in the day for sure. Uh, man, the funniest teammate. Those Stallions led by uh, Beardo and Hurwitz are two of the funniest guys that I know in the first place. So that yeah. that must have been a funny team. <laughs> Honestly, man, Jeez. yeah. I got to say just in totality, that, that team in general, man. We spent so much time together, so many years together. So many funny moments. Like I couldn't even pick one specific person. I think I would just say – all of the all of the personalities of that bunch just all together yeah mixed together yeah. that you was can, you can tell how special the stallions team was to you in that, yeah, that yeah. time period of your life it's really Absolutely. cool well and that's you know everybody that comes on and talks about their days you know playing travel ball i would venture to guess that that most people are going to say like that's their their core memories of of baseball is that that summer ball just because you're playing all over the place yeah. you know you're in the car all the time absolutely you're, you know grilling out in the parking lot of hotels like oh, you yeah. just you just spend so much time together you so. become brothers yeah i mean the ones that are lucky you know i i, play, I played with guys that were you know playing with a different team every weekend and they never got that true like experience they got to play great baseball all the time yeah so i mean you can't substitute that but just the overall comfort yeah. from from mom and dad to oh, little yeah. kids you know got got little brothers and sisters it's a little community up. absolutely man absolutely is you know for those that are that are fortunate enough yeah yeah for hey, sure guys hey we are back uh this is the post game spread podcast i'm your host blake helm with me for part two is ryan aper my part brother part thank two. you for coming back and giving me the time part one could not have gone better i just i have to give you so much thanks and gratitude man i have had this idea to get this rolling for so long we have and mm -hmm. for you to come on and do so amazing and make it so easy for me the first time we did it i just have to say thanks brother and i'm super excited to dig into your pro ball experience and how that was for you and life after and everything so no, thanks yeah. again for being here bud absolutely man same reciprocated for sure it was uh very easy to do so i want to emphasize that for those that you know we reach out to in the future very very easy we make it very easy blake makes it very easy it's just uh, it's it's an easy conversation to have. It's one you don't yeah. often have, so I'm equally yeah. as grateful. Uh, it's fun to, you know, I said this in the last one too. It's fun to dig into the memory bank. Uh, I feel like we feel like we put this on a pretty big cliffhanger. So I was a right, three or four year guy washed out in the minor leagues, but I I appreciate the fact that you've you know you you put the time in to to put this all together and yeah. just make it easy for me, man. It's been great. Speaking of it being easy, man, uh, we ended up rolling for two and a half hours talking before we even got to pro ball. So I had no idea how long this was going to last or how much I would be able to talk or we would talk, but you made it so easy and you did so well. And um, I remember going back after we, f we first spoke and being like, okay, I'm going to trim it some, trim some fat. But there was absolutely nothing to trim. It was lesson after lesson. Every story connected a dot. Um, it was amazing, man. I just thought you dropped so much knowledge. I, I hope there are some younger guys that listen to this. And um, – I really especially loved how you kept coming back to showing gratitude for all the people that were in your life and all the support that you had. And it takes it takes a village, you know, and you had all these people help you along the way. And it was really special of me or special to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that I tried to just be cognizant of was, you know, all that was around me, especially now removed. And I think that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot as we put this together or talked about it before we actually recorded the first show was you know, really just trying to pull those life lessons out. And I think that's one thing that, you know, you and I will get into today because now it's, you know, I'm, I'm older now, I'm getting older throughout this, you know, the professional experience that I had. And, uh, 
that I think that's when for me it really started all the life lessons really started to stick out and through those trials and tribulations you know you got to cling on to something I never wanted to hate the game of baseball I never wanted to let my failures yeah get me to the point where I hated it so instead of it's easy to do that too it's so easy man especially when it's your livelihood you sure. know that's your that's how you're putting food on the table right. literally at that point for me that was my job yeah, like that was sure. my what I was receiving a paycheck to do <clears throat> and to struggle you know if anybody's ever had a job where they weren't good at it it's not a good feeling no, you know it's whether it's baseball or you know changing oil or you know putting groceries away or chopping trees down I mean it's nothing that you want to if you're getting paid to do it, I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I would assume that's probably you and a lot of people. Yeah, anyone. If Absolutely. you're doing it, you want to do it well. Absolutely. And so, you know, that was for me. I had to find a way to spin it to, uh, you know, just find the good in in all the mess that I was, that I felt like I was in. I wasn't in a mess. I was still blessed, you know, beyond measure yeah. to be in those positions. But even more fortunate to have had all the support in the coaching and the, just the people in my corner throughout it all like I'd be a total fool to pass over that you know to yeah. not stop and recognize realize appreciate you know those people or those moments so that's the easy part you know for me is is to just be thankful for for all that it took to get me there and, and to keep me sane throughout it all mm -hmm. also too dude that is beautiful let's not get too far ahead of our story here I don't want to give it away before we get into all the the fun nuts and bolts one thing I have to revisit before we really get into all the fun stuff here is I can't believe I left it out. So when Ryan Aper here was the was 2013 Juco Player of the Year, yeah, yeah, he beat out Tim Anderson. That is Tim Anderson of the White Sox, um, All Star shortstop. Yep, he won the batting title a few years back. And I asked Aper previous to talking here if he would be willing to share this because it's a funny little story and. <laughs> It's funny because you and I can laugh, you know, if, and if I couldn't laugh at it, it would not be funny. I would be uh, kicking rocks somewhere. But so we had actually played against each other that my soft, our sophomore year, Tim Anderson and I's sophomore year where and uh, early in the year. I, and it was before he knew who I was, before I knew who he was. It was just later on in the year. We were the two that were going back and forth on every offensive category. Um, and when it came down to it, like for the player of the year race, it was. It was him and I. Well, Tim Anderson's projected to be, you know, top five, top ten pick. And I can't remember what exactly he went. I want to say it was like 15 to 20 maybe okay. in the, you know, first first round. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to see that, <laughs> it was a cool notch on the belt, don't get me wrong, you know, to beat out a guy that went in the first round. Sure. Um, but then I took it upon, you know, myself to, uh, to reach out to Tim. And I did, a you know – First and foremost, to congratulate him. This is so great. But then I had to be like, hey, man, you know, race, race you to the show. There it is. And, you know, <laughs> two, I think he spent maybe a year and a half, two years in the minor leagues. Two, my second year in the minor leagues, I was, like, questioning my religion. Like, I didn't know which way was up. And this dude's just fast-track, beeline to the show, gets to the league, play, you know, like rookie of the year, yeah. maybe, you know, batting title, you know. And now he's going to sign – I think this is his contract year. He'll probably get seven years, $300 million, yeah, right. $250 million. Yeah, yeah. So, so funny. Didn't age well. It <laughs> did not age well. Super well. Tweets that did not age well. Hilarious. And you know what? It actually it, – I, I do think you have to be kind of be in that confident type of uh, state headspace to be a, a, a successful professional baseball player. So no knock to you at all doing that. I'm glad you can laugh on that, and thank you for sharing that with us because it's a hilarious little it was part funny, of your man. journey, bud. Yeah, it was funny. It went at, I don't know that I ever even believed it when I when I asked him. I was like, you know, first round, White Sox. 
but it was it was in good fun. He was a good guy. Yeah. We we had kind of you know, I wouldn't say kept tabs on each other, but in the off season, we'd we'd message each other back and forth, just here and there. You know, just how's how's it going? What are you doing training wise? Stuff like that. But yeah, man, it's it's really cool. And that's that was probably the coolest part of pro ball. I mean, honestly, is just you know still today there's guys that I played with or against that are that are doing it on Absolutely. TV and yeah. to know that you know. You were there brushing shoulders with these guys. It was it's cool, man. It's like well, that's one of the coolest takeaways for me, for sure. I mean, I'm not a big sports jersey owner, uh, yeah. but if I was to buy jerseys, like I know right now, there's you know three or four guys whose jerseys I would absolutely pay money just out of support for them and yeah. their character because there's a lot of people that were idolizing as kids that are like the total wrong people to idolize. Absolutely. I'm just gonna be blunt about that. Yeah. You know, they always say don't meet your idols. 100%. You know, don't meet your heroes. Whatever. Yeah. I never had any crazy situations like that where I was like, wow, this this guy's a terrible person or anything. <laughs> I actually had quite the opposite, really. But, you know, I could see where that would be a thing. But, I mean, yeah, that that was the coolest thing. It's just like guys like Tim Anderson, just to see them still doing it at a high level, that's yeah. one of the coolest Absolutely. parts of the whole thing. I love it, man. All right, so where we left off with Ryan was he had just gotten drafted in the sixth round by the Miami Marlins. He got about a quarter million dollars, but we were feeling kind of – surprised i guess you could say but that the marlins drafted you um they didn't show a whole lot of interest or they had you down for a workout but there was nothing no other talks after that or anything you were surprised and kind of like you know what's going on so you had just come from the very top of the mountain um being the juco player of the year we're drafted in the sixth round quarter million dollars take us through what's going on next man yeah we we kind of talked about it a little bit on the last you know the the end of the last episode uh so i don't want to you know beat a dead horse and i feel like you know what i want to say and, and emphasize the most is that it was absolutely a dream come true you know never once in the process or the stresses was it taken for granted i was certainly you know very well aware of how special of circumstances i was in and how fortunate i was to have found myself in these in these instances where i'm actually you know i guess bartering with yeah. with a with a major league baseball yeah. team over your you, worth that must right be yeah it, it was and, and I think I did say this in the last time you know that it, throughout the entire process it was like this is literally my dream so by no means was I going to let pennies hold me up I knew what I wanted to do mm-hmm. I knew how special the opportunity was but I also knew the importance of not letting them dictate how much I get paid because that can affect kids years from now i mean that slotted value if you're going way under the slot that just throws the whole metrics off and i and small fish big pond there's 40 rounds in the draft you know would would my pick if i signed for fifty thousand dollars less would that have had some long lasting impact on the 172nd overall pick absolutely not but for me you know i just i had that you know kind of two hundred thousand mark in my mind as being life-changing money and to just be just under that it was like almost like a tease like a slap in the face kind of thing and that was really what I slap in the face. It's kind of like a, maybe a foreshadow of things to come here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Not to get ahead of you. No, good point though. You know, I, it was just, it was just weird, man. It just happened really quick and it wasn't the way that I thought it would be. I thought it would yeah. just be this, you know, nice, like awesome congratulatory process. We're yeah. so happy to have you. And then right off the bat, it's like, Hey man, yeah. we're not going to give you what this pick is worth. Yeah. And so we don't value is that. Or, yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, I, I it's a respect thing in some ways. I I felt like it was I you know I felt like if I'm a guy that's putting up even remotely 
comparable numbers at a, at a big D1 school, they're going over slot, no question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're they're not messing around under slot unless you're a senior sign. Right. You know, certain circumstances will dictate the amount of money that you even have an opportunity to get. Mm-hmm. You know, fifth year seniors aren't getting a hundred grand. They're getting yeah. ten grand, a suitcase, and a plane ticket. You know, and yeah. I didn't. I I knew I was fortunate to not be that guy. Yeah. I knew I was fortunate to still have a Division One school to Good fall options. back on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was still. It was just so. Um, man, it just caught me off guard. It just caught me totally off it's guard. A weird way to start your career. Well, and. and Weird you know, play. the fact that I had it worked out with the Red Sox was what really made yeah. it so weird. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for this pick to pass because yeah. I know I'm going next. Yeah, you think you're Red Sox. And then it's one one early, and I'm just, you know, shocked. You know, I would have been as equally shocked to have heard my name go to the next pick to the Red Sox, even though I already, like, came to agreement with them. But sure. just, you know, it just didn't feel right. As soon as it happened, there was just something where I was like, it just it just didn't feel right, and it never really ever it, it never felt right. Yeah. You know, it never felt like I had the right people in my corner at any point in my career. Yeah. You know, and I don't know that that changes if I go anywhere else. I don't know that my performance is any better or worse if I go anywhere else. Um, but it, that that feeling, you know, would stick with me throughout my yeah. my my couple years there with them. Just that it was, uh, you know. Under, undervalued, I guess I would say. Yeah, Under, I felt very undervalued from from the very get go, which you know, you try and use that as kind of a chip on your shoulder. Right. It's like okay, I'll go, you know, prove my worth. Then I'll do, I'll, I'll prove my worth even more. I could see you redirecting it in that direction. Yeah, and sure. I tried. You know, I definitely tried, and I think with that just came more and more pressure. Just, and Ooh, I kind of yeah. talked about this the last time. Yeah. I I let a lot of things outside of my control dictate my what I what I thought I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. If I just showed up to the park every day and played ball, those were the guys that are still playing today. The guys that were 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, but they were player X every day. They weren't player X on a high after uh, a 4 yeah. for 4. They, they weren't even. player yeah. X on a low. It's so difficult to do. Everyone yes. says to do that. You know, Don't yes. get too high, too low, but it's so hard to not ride those waves. You know, you could argue that ignorance is bliss, right? Yes, dude. If you don't find yourself caught up in the short term, yeah. If you can just fully invest and believe in yourself, mm. I don't think that you experience that. And and it's so hard. I mean, that's why there's so, only so uh, how many how many guys are in the major leagues? Uh, what no, it's no, like no. around a, a thousand is maybe? Yeah. A couple hundred? I don't know. I mean, there's not many guys in the league every year. Yeah. And it it's that way for a reason. There's a reason why guys turn into 5, 10, 15 year vets. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to master. Just the overall utmost confidence. Yeah, the mental grind. At all oh times, gosh, man. Yeah. At all times. You know, the one thing that I will say about the Marlins before we get into all the, you know, crazy stuff that just – that they did, that went on. You know, not that it was mm-hmm. bad. It was just different. But they had a, a mental skills coach, like a like a psych guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he was a head psychology, sports psychology guy at the University of Miami. His name is Dr. Rob Seifert amazing incredible person spent a lot of time with him really tried to buy into what he was teaching every time he was in the room man i was just fixated on this guy okay like so you realized early that this could be something that could help absolutely man i mean i was just a, I, I would i don't want to say i was a mental midget but i was pretty close okay to a mental midget you know it's kind of a term a term that you hear thrown around on the sure. ball field um when things are great he's great when it's bad he's bad i absolutely struggled in the same way yeah and i and i was just have. I was just fortunate enough to to rely on my God-given abilities that got me through that stuff. You yeah. know, I didn't have to 
I was never in the lows very long until I got to Pro Bowl. Yeah, first struggles. I was, yeah. I mean, literally yeah. the first time I'd ever Learning struggled to struggle for the a, first time on a baseball Bowl. field. Yeah. yeah, as a 19 year old, 20 year old kid. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day. Um. Just life experiences and stuff like that. It was, you know, just one of those random out of the blue conversations. Sure. But, you know, just being humbled. Yeah. Being, I had oh, never man. been humbled. Man, baseball will humble you. For I sure, had bud. people that kept me humble. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, you know, my parents kept me grounded, obviously. You know, they kept me focused, you know, never let me get too big of a head. But I had never been humbled in the sense of, like, the game had never humbled me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You had so, always like, been that dude just running leagues. Yeah. I mean. all of a sudden, well, I, are, are we getting there yet? Or are we? Just, I guess we're slowly getting there. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a struggle right out of the gate, yeah. you know, from the, from the draft day. Yeah. Struggle, you right. know. So let's let's pause there for a second. You you get drafted. Um, are you going pretty quickly to, to rookie ball? So there was a few days. Yeah, it was within the week. I mean, okay. after the draft, I think I had maybe two days at home. Okay. And then I was on an airplane, Man. Um, you know, get down to the facility. First day. I was actually a day later than most, I believe. Okay. So a lot of the Are guys. You going to extended or rookie? So they just sent us like straight to the facility down in Jupiter out of the okay. draft. The whole okay. draft class just kind of got there. We gathered, we met, you know, did the handshake and everything. Yeah. Um, and then the plan for me is that. Do you want to get to that point? Like, what was the plan for me after the draft? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, I just want to like say a few things before you get rolling. That I think it'll be really cool if along the way here we. I really would like you to paint a picture of what kind of like what minor league life is like, like. The pay, the housing, yeah. the bus rides, the Dude, I got some stadiums, the accommodations, housing stories. all that stuff. I just don't want that to be lost. So let's start yeah. rolling here. You get drafted. We're starting our career. Yep. So go, I'm bud. on an airplane within the week. I think, like I said, I think I had two or three days at home after the draft. Uh, I know I did, actually, because I was had. It might have been a week, dude. Honestly, it, it was it might have been a week or two because I was spending, you know, the first several days after my name was called just on contract stuff yeah you know and it wasn't until we got to that 225 figure that i officially agreed you know the, the faxing of the paperwork and signed and then after i signed it was like two or three days so i got down there a couple of days later um and it, the guys that got there early you know had already got their drug tests and their physicals out of the way and stuff so mine was held up um and it was actually crazy because you know my their plan for me was to send me up to short season low a Okay. which is where the New York Penn League, uh, Batavia Muck Dogs, uh-huh. uh, we were up in Batavia, New York. And uh, the plan for me was to go, that's that's generally where most of the college signs go. Okay. They were unsure of what to do with me, A, because of where I came from, being a junior college in the Midwest. Like they were doubting the, the competition. Yeah, had, they were, stacked well, up and I hadn't played either. Like our last game was early May. Yeah. Uh, and I and I, I talked about this in the last time. You know, I traveled, did the showcase thing, so I wasn't like I wasn't doing baseball activities. You weren't seeing live. I wasn't seeing live pitching. Yeah, yeah so huge. Um, but they were so like, had I got there, you know, when everybody else did, I would have got my physical out of the way. I would have been able to get on the field, take in and out, because when I showed up, like that's what they were doing. They were taking in and out, and it's. I just want to for a minute like the first thing that i saw when i got to the marlins facility yeah, give me this moment we walk out and we see them taking in and out okay. and all the outfielders are throwing the ball directly to the cutoff man they're you know relays the third are you used from to c- airing it out a little more <laughs> a ground ball you know from center field to third base way, I guess. from center field to third base and then i and i'm throwing through a cutoff man and no shot like 
especially with the cannon. Yeah, I wasn't even considering a cutoff guy. I'm like, this is so weird, <laughs> you know. So they, you know, they move around from left, center, right. Everybody's throwing through the cutoff. It wasn't yeah. like they were throwing to him, but they were, everything was low. Yeah, and uh, you know, same thing. Ground ball, you know, center field. I'm watching this guy throw, and you know, everybody's throwing the ball low, and I. It, but it was like, you know, one hops to home plate. I'm like, you know, why would we? Why would we if, – if the game's on the line, I promise you I'm not one, hop, one hopping a ball to home plate. If you got it, yeah. I mean, if there's I'm not, not even considering. I don't even yeah. care if the cutoff man's shoes were stuck in the ground and he was trying to <laughs> dig them out. It doesn't matter. Like, it was not even a thought to me. So, I was just so taken back by that. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. Like, I, my physical took forever. They took forever to get the drug test results back. It was me and, like, three other guys. We're the last ones there. Yeah. So we're like literally sitting there. There's me, a kid from University of Kentucky, a kid from University of Tampa, and one other place I can't remember. But we're just sitting there, and we're supposed to break with the the short season team. Like they fly up there, yeah, and we're not even sure we're gonna be able to go. They didn't have any of the, the stuff back. And so at the last moment, they're like, "Hey, pack your bags. Bus is getting ready to leave. Like you just got cleared." So we're like, "Dude, what is going on?" You know. Uh-huh. So you know we get up there to to Batavia. And I think it was like two days that we got to get settled in with our host family. They they had assigned host families for us. Yeah. Uh, it was terrible. It Your was host family awful. Was? The people were great, but the situation was not <laughs> good. I had a few stinkers good, myself, man. but so it's myself and a guy by the name of Scott Carcasey, and a um, Venezuelan, Luis Castillo, not the one that played for a long time in the major leagues, but a different one. Uh, which was cool. I mean, I'm like, awesome, man. Diversity. Like, I've never even, like, spoken to somebody from Venezuela before. Like, this would sure. be awesome. And he spoke a lot of English. So, he was kind of like our one that, you know, bridged the gap, you know, yeah. in terms of language barrier. Mm-hmm. So, it was cool to, like, get to know him. But, man, he's – so, I'm on a twin-size mattress. My my roommate, Scott, was six foot five, six foot six, every bit of 250, 260. He's sleeping on a pull-out couch. And then the other guy was on a twin-size mattress, like, adjacent to him. And this is in, like, a 12-by-12 room. It's not a glamorous life, guys. We got a TV. There's a sh- our shower is in the middle of the room. And it's got that smoky, mirrored, so, like, you can't see them, but you can see their outline. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's me. Dude, it's me and these two other guys, you know, grown men. It was paying $75 a week, whether we were there or not. I mean, there were several weeks where we were gone, yeah. five, six days. Right. Still had to pay your 75 a week. Yeah. Getting paid twelve hundred, eleven hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't feed us. We bought our own groceries. Never came home to scraping by. Yeah, scraping by. And I'm yeah, not complaining. That's, that's they the were, way. That's the minor were, league way. Yeah, gracious enough to give us a place to sleep. Yeah. Although recently in the past couple of years, haven't they been like upping the money? They for have minor changed it stuff? drastically, yeah, that's and it's not, incredible. That's not the experience you had. Not at all. <laughs> and I'm so happy for them because yeah. it gets worse. Yeah. I mean, my my living situation gets worse. <laughs> This was probably, you know, hindsight 2020, this was probably one of the better that I had. Oh, boy. Outside of, like, living, <laughs> truly living in a hotel for, like, four months straight. Yeah. This was probably one of the better that I had. But there were some guys, man, that had it way better than we did. That's the only thing that made us kind of, you know, feel a little salty about it. Because there were some dudes that were coming home to, like, ribeyes, New York strips, like, yeah. getting fed. Yeah, like, with, with host family. Eat, yeah. Yeah, eating good, you know. And... Yeah, whatever. It was what it was. It was uh, not glamorous. No, I mean, I had a, when I got up out of my bed, I had to turn sideways and like shimmy in between myself and my yeah. six five two sixty yeah. roommates pull out couch. How were you eating during this? Like, are you you're awful? Your, man. Yeah, awful. Oh, I mean, what you can, you know, you're obviously not living at McDonald's every night. Right. 
you try not to. Uh, we were in Batavia, New York. New York's got great pizza. We were, you know, we had a deal. And see, the problem was like our home games wouldn't get over until ten, ten thirty, yeah. or we wouldn't get out of there until about mm-hmm. then. So you're eating leftover ravioli from three days ago in the clubhouse lunch, <laughs> you know, at dinner, or you're going yep. to get. We had like a deal with this one pizza place in town that they would like stay open till like ten fifteen, ten thirty for us to get orders in. So we're eating a lot of pizza. What are you weighing? Man, I probably was like one seventy, one seventy five. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what I was. My playing weight after that year, because I did go and put on a pretty mm-hmm. good amount of weight that off season. Yeah. My playing weight always was about one eighty, one eighty five. Yeah. So I was probably it's probably one sixty five, one seventy. Yeah, I, would say. I knew that was always a struggle for you trying to put yeah. more yeah. weight on. They the organization wanted you to put weight on. Yeah, big emphasis on that, which I knew that you know sure. that was nothing that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. But just uh, playing wise, so we get up there, you know, yeah. we scrimmage the first couple of days and. You know, I got some live ABs and that, and just swing just felt weird. Okay. And the baseball was different, man. Like, I can't I can't emphasize that enough. The Going baseball, from the Juco ball to a professional yeah, ball. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. It, it moves. It travels through yeah. space differently yeah. than a regular baseball. The seams are lower. Absolutely. The ball's a little bit thicker. It's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just moves different, man. It naturally, yeah. like, if you've got any tilt, any hook, to your grip on a fastball, yeah. it's going to run heavier or it's going to cut harder. I mean, it's just natural movement really comes out with these baseballs. Okay. And it, fastballs get on you quick. Yeah. And, it, you know, so fast forward my first game, I'm batting like in the nine hole playing center field. My first at bat of pro ball, dude, was this lefty. He was from like San Diego State. He was sitting like 92, 95. Mm-hmm crazy run i mean to me it was crazy run like nothing you'd ever seen just before. a not a wipeout slider yeah. nasty change up this dude goes <laughs> one pitch two pitch three pitch and i'm already walking back to the dugout that was my pro that was my break into pro ball i hadn't seen yeah. live pitching you know in, a, in that setting in over a month i'd never seen an arm like yeah. that never seen a baseball like that you know it it was just dude i mean talk about being overpowered from the start yeah and I never got my feet under me. Like, After I that. never did. I How think was your confidence just getting there in the first place? Like, are you, when you just step foot on the facility, are you still feeling very confident about your, your, all that your, all your ability and how things are going to go for you? Are you feeling doubts? I mean, that's, that can be a powerful moment. Your first, you know, step into pro ball. It was really, for me, it was, and again, man, this is where I re- this was to my demise. So when I say this, I don't speak of it as if, as if it was a strength. Mm-hmm. I wore it like I needed to prove my worth. You know, I just – and I don't know if that was because of the contractual thing that I went through at the draft, like when I got picked. Being a six-rounder. I don't know if it was that or if it was just that I had that ego, you know, egotistical thing of like – I'm a six-rounder. Yeah, like if I had that or if it was a culmination of of all things, you know, considered. But uh, it really just didn't work out for me, man. Whatever whatever my mindset was, it just didn't work out. I felt like I was in prove-it mode from the start. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to just like let's let's let it eat, you know. Let's yeah. just let's see what we got. Rung what you brung, type of thing, you know. Yeah. Just I never really got to the point of just having like a firm belief that I that I belonged. Interesting. It was like I was trying to convince myself that I was a six round pick, yeah. you okay. know. Because, and I said this in the last one, it was just all so so incredibly surreal for me. Yeah. Even my sophomore season at Lincoln Land, I mean, that was a surreal year. Absolutely. It, yeah, it was all surreal because I knew it wasn't. It was all a dream. 
Exactly. It was all a dream. And I knew that that wasn't repeatable. Like, I knew that those stats... Right, you can't put those stats up. If I play 162 games that sophomore season, I don't finish that way. I mean, I just hit a stretch where, dude, I was hitting, you know, just just beach balls. Yeah. Until now, I'm in pro ball. Fast forward literally a month, I'm hitting marbles with a pool stick. Yeah. I mean, that's what it felt like. And I remember calling... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, I remember calling my dad, you know, and just being like, man, like... I couldn't describe it. Like when I was taking infield, outfield, or even just shagging in BP, I was always a really good outfielder. Like yeah. I, all my defensive abilities yeah. were never a doubt for me. Known like for if it. there's one thing that I always was very confident in, it was my speed, my arm, and my defensive. Yeah, it doesn't abilities. slump. And I'm in B, and I'm being BP shagging in center field, and I cannot get under a ball. What? I can't get under a ball. I couldn't describe it. I thought it was my eyes. I went to an eye doctor like three times over the course of like a week. I'm wearing like sport lens yeah. contacts uh-huh. i changed my prescription i'm doing all this stuff i'm freaking out yeah because i can't get under a baseball it's falling in the in the it's catching it's like oh you never drifting. seen it move like this i've never seen a, I, i'm used yeah. to a ball going up and, and coming down. down yeah the air is lighter in, in new york sure so these balls are coming at it like an angle they're like catching with the wind like the seams it's like wow. a backspun baseball yeah where it's like rising so as this ball is coming down, I'm thinking it's going to go up and straight down. It's pushing me back, and I'm consistently reaching behind my head. Yeah, I'm just not a great look for an outfielder. I'm just trying to get behind the baseball. <laughs> I'm just trying to prepare, like to to practice my transfer, my exchange, yeah. my my visualize a guy tagging up on me at home, and I can't get behind a ball. Yeah, and it gets to the point where my coach um, for the Muck Dogs is like out in center field with me. Just not – I had never had a coach be like, hey, we need to work on defense. Right. My defensive abilities were always top tier, always. Absolutely. Even before yeah. I got, like, good at baseball, you know, I, yeah. around that year in high school, like, I, my defensive abilities were never a question. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm standing in center field with this guy, and he's, like, trying to teach me how to play outfield. Oh, my gosh. What, I, I can imagine some things running through your head at this point. And I just go back to the prove it thing. Yeah. Like, am I – what dude did i deserve that did i deserve to be a six-round pick like i can't even catch a fly ball now yeah like it was like you know mj lost his secret stuff like (laughs) seriously though yeah like i it was like seeds of doubt creeping in yeah man right off the start i'm getting just completely obliterated in the box i'm getting terrible jumps on baseballs Mm -hmm. i'm getting i'm i'm dropping balls like dude my first three weeks were bad 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 like the worst baseball in my life bad I don't know what my stats were, but I don't know that I had a hit through like the first two weeks. And I think my first hit was like a swinging bunt. In your defense, though, it's not uncommon at all for people to come in and struggle right away in pro ball, even if they absolutely were monsters in college or high school. And that first season kind of being tough, figuring it out, getting used to wood bats and better competition, better pitching and travel and all these things, and then coming back and getting their feet underneath them in their second year. Yeah, which, you know, I was trying to give myself some leeway, some grace, I guess. But man, when you're when you're caught up in that, and so, you're yeah. and this is now your livelihood, and yeah. I was all in on it being my livelihood, one hundred percent. Yeah, it just dude, it just ripped away at my my like who I was. Like I was already like upside down, treading water quickly, quickly. quickly. Yeah, dude. But yeah. and and so to kind of backpedal a little bit when I when I talk about that just unwavering confidence. Mm-hmm. Had I been that guy, those that are that guy get through that like a breeze they do man that's such a great point. they get dude. through it like a breeze and they're wow. right back on track they're yeah. they're they're 
hitting 250 by the end of the month they're mm-hmm. 275 at the end of the next yeah. month and then they're right around that 280 310 yeah. mark it's like they can block out all the negatives all the strikeouts all the bad swings and purely focus on the positives or the hits or the, the solid contact and just let it be let it go let it be man yeah. i mean i think about a guy like uh this may not be the best experience or the best person to use, but I think about Arenado, Nolan Arenado. Okay. And I just look at him as like such a guy that is so unbothered by struggles. Like he, I think he's going through a patch right now. Yeah. But I mean, there was just so many guys like that. Well, actually, there wasn't. Sorry, there was not many guys like that. I was not the only one who was freaking out. Sure. I was not the only one who had was struggling for the first time. Yeah. But there were a few that got through it real quick, and they were right back to who they were three months ago, yeah. you know, as the college guy, the high school guy. And most of them were the ones that continued to progress and move on and are still playing in some capacity. Yeah. It can't be overstated how important that skill is to succeed and keep progressing through professional baseball. Just like you said, those are the guys that make it to the top. They have the talent and the, the mental makeup. Yeah. 100%. And, and ignorance is bliss, man. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be dumb enough to, to be all in on yourself. There's a, I think there's a great story about, I think Billy Bean said it about Lenny Dykstra maybe, about playing with Lenny. Billy Bean, the, the general manager of the, the A's back in the day, had a story about Lenny Dykstra where he was, um, what was it? Lenny was having, oh, it was Lenny's confidence. It was Lenny forgot anything negative that happened and only registered positivity. Didn't care who was on the mound. I think there was a story about like Steve Carlton was out there. And Billy Bean's all scared to face him, and Lenny's like, I don't give a shit, you know? I don't give a shit who this is. Like, I'm going to go rip this. <laughs> Lenny hits doubles, you know? And that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, yeah. didn't care about any of the negatives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, it it is tough. It's very, very tough. Oh, Especially, God. you know, I had never seen a baseball be thrown at 100 miles an hour. I'm Let's not afraid that, to admit man. that. So you went from Lincoln Lands. So what would you say the velo and kind of stuff you were seeing at Lincoln Land was? I mean, the best arms were 88, 92. Yeah. Good pitchers, but still a different baseball. Yeah. I mean, you give those guys a, pro, a minor league baseball, I think they're they're much better as well. Okay. But man, I mean, it was just it was nuts. It really yeah. was nuts. I mean, it was just so hard for me to grasp. It was like, dude, I've never seen a ball move like this before. Yeah. Just better vo- velocity better and movement. Velocity, movement. Yeah. I mean, sharp, Smarter. sharp break. Like, yeah. You know, curveballs, tight, tight curveballs that were not. They were fastballs until they hit home plate, and then they were. Yeah. You know, in the other batter's box. And yeah. it's, you know, everybody always said once you get to pro ball, like the easiest level to hit at is in the major leagues because those guys, yeah, they're nasty. They know where it's going. They're trying to spot up in the strike zone. Yeah. They want that slider to start behind you and end up on the, you know, inner corner. Yeah. And these guys, you know, in the lower levels, dude, these guys, you got some gun slingers, man. These guys got no <laughs> clue slingers. where the balls are going, man. No <laughs> clue where the balls are going. And they, you know, they're throwing yeah. pitches that they don't even know that they they can throw. Like the ball is just moving figuring every which way. Yeah, just figuring it out, just like everybody else. But yeah, so that was a that was a trip, man. It was a very weird time for me because I was wanting so badly to just go out and play the game that I loved. Yeah. Do it at the level that I was used to and grown accustomed to, I should say. Um, and I just I wasn't cutting it, man. I wasn't able to do it, and. uh I made it about a month mm-hmm. up in New York in the Penn League, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it, man. Like, I, I'd heard stories. I knew nothing about the way the minor league system worked. So yeah. I didn't know, like, when guys were in town, it meant more. Uh-huh. You know, that's when guys are starting to get shifted around, called up, sent down. Mm-hmm. In that short season league right out of the draft, I mean, that's a that's – a, all eyes are on that because they want that star out of the draft class mm-hmm. for the publicity simply. Okay. And, all you know, obviously, you know, the Marlins, they want – 
guys that can go now. They need yeah. guys in the next year or two. So they're looking for that bunch. Sure. And uh, you know, if you're not, they want to get you out of the way. They want to they want to get the next guy up. Man, quick you know? assessments. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I mean, dude, the, really the the you know totality of my career was decided in the, that first month. I truly believe that. Oh I handled it so poorly. That's heavy. I, I'm going to be very very blunt. I handled it like a child. You know, I truly handled it like a child. I remember I got sent down. Um, so the minor league coordinator came into town, and I was just starting to kind of hit the ball a little bit, what like better. Mm-hmm. I had hit a home run the day, be- like a couple days before. I was starting to, you know, just g- defensively, I was getting it dialed in a little bit better. Things were looking up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was starting to just play baseball again, okay. you know, and I felt like if you're a six round pick, you're you're afforded some time to to struggle. One would hope. One would assume, I guess. <laughs> You're afforded some time to kind of figure yourself out. And uh, I, I, I just wasn't at the pace that they believed I should have been. Okay. And, and really, you know, looking back, this was not the end of my career. But I viewed it as like the More end-all, be-all was when I got sent down. Okay. And I just ha- I handled it so very, poorly. Very hard and heavy for you. Man, I, w- I remember just sobbing. Like, I, I you know, here these grown men are who do this for a living. They sent down... Yeah. 19 20 21 year old kids for the last 10 like this is nothing for them right. and i'm just crumbled in front of them how did that conversation go it was just simply like and i don't know the the exact words that were exchanged you know the i just remember it being like hey you know we uh wanted to see where you were at and we feel like we got a good idea so we want you to go down and get some more like better you know in a controlled environment cuz when you're in when you're in short season you're not at the field at 8 a.m. or 6, 6 yeah. 7 a.m. You know, you show up for your early work, you get your stretches, you, yeah. you do your whatever, your prep, but you're not required to be there in the morning. So when you go to, to the floor, to the Gulf Coast League, rookie, rookie ball, yeah, quote-unquote, you are at the field at – you're, you're yeah. on the field at 8 a.m. You've got pre – you've yeah. got like your pre, pre-work, pre you know, whether it's defensive or hitting. Um, so you're at the field at 6, 6.15 in the morning. Yeah. You're on the line for actual team practice at eight. So you're going through base running drills. You're going through bunt practice. You're going through defensive drills. You're doing in and outs. You're doing 27 outs. You're you're practicing like rookie ball is very unlike the rest of minor league ball. Totally yes. different. Yeah, it's like it's like the controlled environment of professional baseball. Yeah. So you're you know it's an all day event, man. You're practicing from you know like I said 6:30 till about 11 11:30. Mm-hmm. You go in. You're in South Florida. Yeah, it's 100,000 degrees at eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning already, yeah, and 100 percent humidity every day. Boy. Um, so you're practicing eight. You know, let's let's call it actual scheduled team practice eight yeah. to about 11 and 30. Okay. You go in. You eat lunch. You're right back out on the line for stretch, and you're playing a game at 12:30 okay. against one of the other close by rookie ball teams. Yeah. So you're at the field every single day in South Florida heat. 6 a.m. to about 4, 4.30 every day. If you got a road game where you're going to go, you know, play against the Nationals, I can't remember where they were. If you're playing in St. Lucie against the Mets, I mean, you got a bus ride in there you got to figure in too. So sometimes we don't get back till 6, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, just long days. And it's Monday through Saturday. They give you Sundays off if you're doing well. Yeah. We never did well, so we didn't get many Sundays (laughs) off. And, I mean. What was your mentality like going down there? After you got sent down, are you able to – you know, get your feet back on the ground here. Are you just totally still, de- still scuffling? Depleted, man. Really? I okay. just really let that Knock that demotion out. just, yeah. 
you know, the whole thing that I was trying to do is prove my worth, and I just let them. I, I gave them so many reasons to demote me, yeah. to move me down, to de- to digress, yeah. you know, to backtrack, all that stuff. And I'm just, you know, just trying to get back to playing ball the way that I knew how to play it. Man. And you know, with that came a lot of outside opinions that I was open to. I was open to anything. I mean, anybody was a hitting coach to me at that point in time. I remember once before I got sent down, I was working with this pitcher. Okay. He was hit in college, and he's like, "Hey, you're you're kind of flicking the bat. You're flicking the bat." I'm like, "Dude, come in the cage with me. Come in here. <laughs> You'll and watch do anything me. at this point to, to right the ship." I would, yeah. I would, I tried. You know, I was doing anything and everything, just taking advice from anybody, trying this stuff in the so game. This can like, be dangerous. Yeah, this is where I mean, this is what I'm talking about—the unwavering confidence. Had I had even a a blip of that, a small blip of that. I would have been so much better off. At least I could have believed in what I was failing at, but I had oh, nothing man, to believe in yeah. because I was just taking advice from everywhere. I was just letting it pour in. Dude, dude. You're doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing it. Thank you. You're making this so easy. Oh man. Okay. Um, speaking of, or let's pause real quick cause you're about to get into some interesting stuff, but I think this is really interesting that, you know, a, a month before this, you're the junior college player of the year. You're on the very top of the mountain. You're six round pick all this. And now, a month later, we're this is where our where we're feeling mentally, where we're at with our confidence. It's crazy. I mean, that's truly yeah. top to bottom. Very quickly, I can imagine you're feeling a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, just overall, you know, doubt for yeah. what though. You right. know, as I look back, if there was advice that I could give myself or for, to another kid, doubt for what? You know, like Ooh. none of this was by luck. None of this was by chance. I knew the hours that I had spent in the cage. I knew the love that I had for the game, the understanding that I had for the game, the drive that I had to be successful, to be at the top, to get everything that I had that I had gotten. I knew that I had put that time and effort in, but I still just wasn't able to get over like the thought of having to prove it, you know? Uh And it was, and again, this is all self-induced. Yeah. There was nobody that knocked on my door and said, Hey man, you better go prove yourself now. Like, You're putting the pressure we on We think yourself. you're a fluke. Yeah, it's yeah. all self-induced. You and wanted to live up to these expectations of what you had for yourself, but also, I think, what you thought others had for you. Like, you, you talked a lot about wanting to be that guy that people remembered. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's what I mean. You know, I've been humbled. Like, that's an ego-driven. Oh, baseball. That's an humbled. ego-driven yeah, ideology sure. right there. Absolutely. To try and go out and prove it. To want to be the reason somebody says, I know that guy. You know, to give them sure. a cool, like, see him on TV. Like, that's all ego-driven. And I was. That's a part of baseball, though, too. Yeah. But, you know, when you zoom out and, and where I am now, like, that's that's one of the experiences that I had that I went through that humbled me. Man. That gave me a, a yeah. totally different perspective on life. Once I was able to step back, remove myself, take a deep breath, yeah. exhale not have another game to prepare for like this was all things that happened after the fact like all these takeaways were all sure much later down the road but yeah i mean when when i got demoted man it was just so heavy on me like that was like the it was so quick like you said it just happened so fast Fast, man man. so fast fast. yeah life does and it doesn't care life does not care (laughs) no nobody cares like (laughs) everybody's just trying to drive their own ship you know, everybody's just yeah. trying to do do good for themselves. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I talked about this on the last time on the on the first one, too. But like no longer is it a team based sport. Yeah. And I remember you talking about how that was kind of disheartening for you because you really enjoy that. Team an aspect. For, yeah, I can get behind an 0 for 4 game if I if we won, if we if we beat a team that we shouldn't beat, if we competed, if yeah. we if we did all the right things and just got beat. But like 
when you're getting interviewed after the games, it wasn't like, tell me about, you know, I mean, if you're on a 10 game winner, like 10 game streak, like, yeah, they want to talk about that. But yeah. mostly it's like, how did you do today? Yeah. How did you, what were your takeaways today? How was your one for five performance? Like, mm-hmm. and everything just comes, becomes so individualized. And, uh, it didn't, not, it didn't feel like you were a part of like a close knit team. No, I mean, none of us knew anybody, right, you know, that was the first time in my life I'd been in that. Up. Yeah, and I guess that was maybe to my demise as well. So had I gone to a different school where I didn't know 12 of the 26 of us day oh, one, maybe I yeah. maybe I'm over that. Maybe yeah. that part of it is already embedded in my mind. Like I've already had that experience of where this is no longer about your brothers. Yeah, this is about you, and you know, let's hope for a dub. But if we yeah. lose, how did I do per- personally? You yeah. know, and I just never had anything to cling on to after that. And I and this is going to be maybe like a little bit of cry wolf. But uh, my manager that I had in, in Batavia, man, just a weird shake out there. Like, I never felt like this guy wanted me around. I and I ended up, that, yeah. this guy ended up being a coach of mine, a manager of mine in some form or fashion the majority of my minor league career. Yeah, and right. I just could moving with you, didn't I he? could not get away from this guy, man. <laughs> right. I couldn't get away from him. not being your corner. That's, so, man, that's and there's, I'll share this. So, we're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Uh, one of the Parr brothers, actually, from U of I, the lefty. He was with the Phillies. I remember this play forever. Um, he hits a little, like a like a flare gap shot into left center. So he's a lefty. So this ball's cutting away from me. I get a great jump on this ball. I make a diving catch. Um, I come in and my man, the manager. I'm not gonna name his name, but the manager grabs my hat, like grabs me by the bill of my hat. And this dude's five foot two, seventy five pounds. Um, Latin guy, you know. I don't get into that. <laughs> he was a good manager. I mean, he really had high expectations. But he anyway, he yanks me by the bill of my hat. My sunglasses go flying. And then he's like grabbing on my jersey on the Jeez. other hand. And he's just MFing me, calling me lazy, saying I'm like showtime, saying really? I'm just – he's like, you're hitting a, a hunter. You're not even hitting your weight. All your, You know, you want to be a superstar in the outfield, make these cool diving plays. He's like, you aren't shit. You're not shit, and he's screaming in my face. This is your manager. This is my manager. This is like week two, <laughs> week three in pro ball. So you're saying he's in your corner. The, the opposite. <laughs> this is the same guy that called me into, my, into his office to right. release me, too, and at the just, end of it. Let's not forget that you're coming from Bull, yeah, the Lincoln Land uh, yeah. coach who's the ultimate players coach, and yeah. you can talk to like a friend, like a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I dude, I, I, I respect Bobby Knight. I, I'm with that mentality, that okay. hard, you know, hard, hard nose – Get your shit right. Like, don't. We're not out here to to play games. Like, right. I was all for it, but somebody in the crowd witnessed this whole thing. Hand wrote a letter to the Marlins that it was inappropriate. That it was completely inappropriate. This manager should not be around players. He should be. I can't remember the exact words, but they called me in, and I, I was like, no, didn't happen. Yeah, you want to snitch? Didn't happen. Yeah, I thought it was just baseball related, and they're like, well, this has never happened before. We've never had somebody hand write a letter. Yeah. to our organization to say that what they saw was inappropriate. And again, this might be a little bit of cried wolf, or out, but this, you know, it happened. It was something that I dealt with. This guy stuck with me. He was a manager um, of mine multiple times. And uh, this is your first season in Batavia. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were there for like two or three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is all in that time frame, man. Mm-hmm. It was really weird how it happened. Uh, so I get sent down, and like two weeks after that, I get this. Uh, they call me in the office to show me this letter. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, that's dude? very strange. What is going on? Now I got that spotlight on me. Right. Not only did I yeah. cry in this office when they sent me down in front of like all of our minor league guys, yeah. 
I'm doing terrible. Unwanted attention. Yeah, this happens now. I mean, like, now, like, they're probably thinking, like, oh, this kid's parents, like, write us a letter. Like, what a loser, you know? <laughs> it was just wild, man. It was very weird. Very um, strange start to your professional career, man. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, but, you know, I, I get through that. You know, I get down to, to rookie ball and kind of developed, like, a, a, a good core group of buddies down there. Because, dude, when you're down there, you're in the trenches. Like, yeah. that is that is baseball hell on earth. <laughs> I am not going to lie. Like, baseball is awesome and all, yeah. and it was cool to do it. Talk to anybody that's baseball ever – Talk to anybody that has ever spent a, a week in rookie ball in the, in the Gulf Coast or the – uh arizona league yeah i don't i think it's called arizona league but uh and they will tell you i promise you they'll say the same thing it is the least desired spot to be at yeah and you're the lowest on the totem pole and they make you feel like it like you <laughs> really are the dirt be- beneath their cleats like yeah. i mean we had the same lunch every day it was a sub sandwich every day the Cardinals were. We shared a complex with the Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting catered lunches, catered yeah. breakfasts. So eating. the Marlins specifically as an organization aren't, like, treating you guys amazing. I mean, I didn't play for other organizations. I knew other guys that did, and you they said this saw. was terrible. Yeah, you saw what you saw. Um, just less than ideal, man. I mean, we yeah. would get these $7 meal vouchers <laughs> uh, as part of our payment because you don't get paid. Well, oh, rookie ball. That. You get your housing paid for, and you get, like, I didn't realize that. food stipends. Okay. Yeah, man, it was – or no, I'm sorry. You get paid in rookie ball. It's extended spring training that you don't yeah. get paid in. So that's – we'll get to that next year for, sure. for the following season. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just – just I just wanted to get through it, man. I just yeah. wanted to get the first one over with. Yeah. I didn't even know if I was going to get brought back after the first year. Mm-hmm. Like, when I got back home, I mean, we, you and I, I think, started working together yeah. straight out of the gate I after do. my I first season. I come into the story at this point, actually, yeah, a little bit. And I, I'm sure you can attest, I mean, my swing was bad. I was just – I had no idea what I was trying to do. Yeah, so for those guys that don't uh, don't know or didn't listen in part one, well, I guess I don't know why you'd listen to part two if you'd listen to one. <laughs> but <laughs> Aper and I um, – I ended up training Aper as a strength coach, but then I was also playing indie ball, so we would go hit together. And uh, we taped a lot of our sessions and, you know, just watching our swings, and we were trying to figure some things out. And, you know, I'm not trying to be critical on you, but I, I definitely – and we've even looked back at those swings now. It's hard to watch. Present day. It's and it looks watch. like a guy that is trying to, to do some things that aren't natural to him and listen, you know, listening to mm-hmm. advice from a lot of people. And it looks like it looked like you had kind of lost your swing a little bit. I had totally lost my swing. I had lost my identity as a baseball player. Oh, man. I mean, it was just totally stripped for me. I was yeah. I would never have considered myself a power guy. Okay. I would always consider myself a gap to gap, a lot of doubles, a lot of triples. Yeah. And uh, what the Marlins wanted me to do was hit the ball on the ground. I mean, they wanted me to bunt more. They wanted me to hit line drives. Like, I remember uh, my first year, that, that draft year, I would get kicked out of the cage if I hit a fly ball in BP. So there would be days where I would get two, three swings in BP before a game because I was getting booted for hitting a fly ball. That is crazy. And it's not like I wanted to pry, – and I know the ideology has changed drastically today. A million percent. Yeah, I mean, it's totally black and get white. Get in the air. You know? Yeah, which, I mean, I think is – I support that. I do too. Um. But it was, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to be the guy, and this was also to my demise. So the guys that are just fully entrenched, bought into themselves, they would have been like, yeah, coach, understood. And then they would have went back about their business and did what got them there. Yeah. Had I been smart, I would have continued to do what got me there. I would have continued to hit the way that I knew how to hit. I wouldn't have been taking advice from the janitor yeah. on the facility. <laughs> uh, but they really wanted me to be a speed guy. They wanted yeah. me to be a singles, doubles, steal bases, just be on base. Right. Just be on base. Right. 
that being on base was never a question for me. Right. It was what bag am I going to start on? What bag am I going to start from? You know, is it going to be second or third? Because that was, you know, just how the game was for me up to that point. So they really wanted me to get on top of the ball. And when they drafted me, Jim Callis, the draft guru, had the, the little blip about this guy. You know, he's whatever, talented, five for whatever. Five two. What they say about anybody. But he's like, Aper has been known to have a little bit of an uphill swing. And now I think back, I'm like, dude, that's what that's what good hitting coaches are teaching yes, today. Th- that's so. Aper and I are very deep into hitting mechanics now, and we talk about them all the time. And yeah, Jim Callis said he's got an uphill swing, which is what you want now. And so the Marlins are telling me to hit the, the ball, ball on the ground. So like, yeah. I'm changed my setup, changing your swing. Totally. I've changed yeah. my stance. I've changed right. like everything about my swing. You want to be coachable? Exactly. I didn't want to be the guy that was sucking. And not listen listening to, to anybody. Right. Yeah. Looking back, I would have much rather died on that hill. Yeah. I would have much rather died on my yeah. own hill because I have my best interest. These guys are yeah. just cookie cutter. I mean, they're right. trying to oversee kids that they can't even have conversations with because of a language barrier. They're trying to yeah. decipher who's going to be the star out of this group of a hundred and some odd minor league yeah. players. Like, and some guys have already acclaimed that status. Some are stars. Some are uprising stars. You yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you just go from that totally, you know, top of the hill to the bottom looking straight up, like, I just wanted to get back on track. And I'm like, surely these guys know what they're talking about. Right. Surely, yeah. you know, you if, they want me to be a, in them. if they want me to be a ground ball guy, they must want me to be that for a good, for good reason. Yeah. You know, they, must, they, they know more about this than I do because they are getting paid to be in the front office mm-hmm. or on the coaching staff of a major league team. Yeah. Not always true. Yeah. You are always going to be your best coach. Yeah. Your best critic, your best motivator, your biggest, you know, all of those things. You're, it's always going to be you, yeah. you know, and I didn't – it's not that I ever was like uh, – like I didn't understand that. I just didn't buy into me. I wanted help so bad because I'd never been bad before. Yeah. Somebody save me. You know, somebody throw me the buoy. Somebody yeah. – I'm out here just treading water trying yeah. to keep my head afloat. And th- there are tons of stories of guys in the minor leagues that get with the right coach and make a change. And that's their rocket to the big leagues. Absolutely. But it's man. also littered with guys that listen to too much advice yeah. and completely ruined their swings. Yeah. And their their careers went into the in the dumpsters after that. Yeah. Yeah. So I what mean, do you do? Well, I continue to buy in. Yeah. I mean, truly, I continue to buy in up until the last year where I had a coach say, Finally, <clears throat> I had a good guy, and I'm not gonna skip too far ahead, but I finally did get to a point where I had somebody that was that I felt like saw something in me finally. And it was my, um, unfortunately it was my last year. Yeah. Gary Cathcart was his name. And he's like, dude, I, I, he came into the Marlins organization my last year and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, getting shipped back and forth, whatever. He's like, I looked at your minor or your college stats. He's like, what have you done differently? What happened? Yeah. This is the first time I'd ever had a coach pull me aside one-on-one what the hell what's what happened <laughs> what's here going on, bud? you know yeah, yeah and at that point i couldn't even explain to him what right. happened i was just like twisted up coach i'm just trying to be yeah. good like i just want to be what i know i can be and he's yeah. like we'll do what got you here yeah dude if i had that if i had gary cathcart week one day one month one year two different story totally different career man yeah. totally it, it may be yeah you know who's to say but at the very least you would have gone out your way mm-hmm. you know doing things you know. And I and I don't have regrets, you know. I okay. I don't regret. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I'm kind of talking out the side of my mouth. I don't regret buying in. I just regret fully buying in. Yeah, 
Like it's kind of like in one ear out the other type yeah. thing. Filter, yeah. keep yeah. with you what you will. Uh-huh. I kept it all from yeah. everybody all the time, you know. So that's that that was one thing that I wish I would have done differently. That's you know, it's not a regret, it's just a hindsight twenty twenty, something I wish I would have done a little bit differently. Yeah, for sure. We're um so we're going to revisit that a little bit later, just like as a kind of a question. So let's, because that's a very interesting topic. Yeah, and we talked about, we ahead. could, we could talk about that, the hitting stuff and changes. We, we said we could make that a whole podcast. Yeah, so for sure. We might have to at some point. <laughs> so we're getting to the off season now. This is when we get together, you start doing your strength and conditioning stuff. You're really getting into the weights. You're hitting, uh, the Marlins are wanting you to gain some weight. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a new, I mean, I didn't know how much weight training were you doing at Lincoln Land prior to this? We were, I mean, we we're getting after it. Some? Okay. Yeah, we yeah. were. Getting, we had Justin Canadler. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was right. huge. I mean, in that regard, he kind of manned that, yeah. you know, portion of Lincoln Land. He was the strength and fit, or strength and conditioning guy. Yeah. Um, you know, we did a lot of pro-style workouts. It was not, there was no heavy bench, heavy squat. I mean, right. It was still squatting and doing, you know, baseball specific stuff. Yeah, Justin sure. was very good. He put together a very professional yeah. workout program. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my main focus in that off season was just get big. You know, yeah, we were get, trying to put weight on you. Try and put some weight on. I was eating crazy amounts of calories. I was yeah. taking all these protein drinks and dr- eating smooth drinking smoothies. And I remember you had a hard time putting down food. You weren't. You don't have a huge appetite. Is that right? It was a fo- I mean, I forced myself, time, man. I yeah. would get to eat until I was sick, and yeah. I just got to the point, you know, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. It sucks. And, you know, what ended up really happening was I lost speed because of that. You know, I, I didn't put enough focus on speed training. I was just trying to – they wanted wait, me to come wait, back wait, at, like, wait. 200 pounds. Yeah. Like, every year it was, like, get to 200 pounds. Right. I'm just going to put on 40 pounds in the offseason it was just or whatever, a sh- or It was 30. just a fight to get yeah. there, you know, and I right. will never forget when I finally did. It was in, like, my third offseason. I was like, thank you, God. And then I took a pee and weighed back down to, like, 190 and never got to 200 again. <laughs> but, yeah, so main focus was just, dude, just figure out who I am, yeah. you know. What what do I got to do to get back were to you, – Do you feel like you were healing? I mean, like, what were you doing mentally to get – were you doing anything mentally to try to get back or was there any kind of healing in this off season of like, all right, I can reset. I'm going to, you know, this is a fresh slate going back into spring training. Now it's going to be on or where, where were you at? That was the mindset for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I was back, I was back home in Lincoln. So comfort level was there. I was, you know, which yeah. maybe I should have been somewhere else. Maybe I should have been training with other guys, other places. I don't know, whatever. But I was back in Lincoln. I was just trying to get my mind right. Like yeah. just trying to get back into a normal routine. I was so far out of my comfort zone so much had happened in so little yeah. time all these twists and turns and in in airplane rides and bus trips and shitty meals like just so much had happened in such a short amount of time yeah that i was just trying to get back to a norm you know and i felt like that would be good for me to kind of get centered again i mean obviously you know the 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 thought was there you know i, I was i like meditating or doing like mental <laughs> training specific training no i yeah. wasn't should I have been? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Probably. But uh, it was more, you know, just get in the weight room and figure out my swing. Sure. Yeah. They brought me down to like a, like a hitting camp um, where like a select few of that draft class got to go down that off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, sp- spent a week there, week or two weeks down there. Was it helpful for you? Or were they still pushing yeah, you I mean, to they the had the So or? our double A manager at the time, Andy Barquette, who had sp- may still be in the big leagues as a hitting coach was i know he was there with the red sox when like jd martinez was there okay this guy was an absolute monster dude he was one of the best baseball minds that i'd ever come across had so much helpful insight 
had coached the had managed the like the only Marlins like winning level. It was when they had Yelich, Real Muto, yeah. Jose Fernandez in Double A that year. They won a championship. Like he was like the dude in the organization. Okay. So I got you know it was an awesome opportunity to get like some one on one, and uh, I mean I, I I had good takeaways from it. Um, you know I remember just thinking to myself like I felt like I was actually in their plans. Because okay. they brought me down there. Right. But, man, I was humbled real quickly. Next year, when I got brought back, you know, for spring training, like, I was yeah. I was nobody. Like, I thought that I was a guy or at least somebody that they felt was, like, yeah, worth putting time and effort into. And yeah. then I got back to spring training the next year. And, like, they had me in, like, the short season, the, the, the rookie ball group again. Like, I'm in the lower two tiers. Like, okay. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't expecting to, like, go to high A my second year, especially after what I did. But I thought – you know, my group from the short season team kind of moved up into low A, into Greensboro. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought I had a very realistic chance to be at least through spring training with the low A, high A group because mm-hmm. they'll split it. Rookie ball, short season group, okay. low A, high A, double A, triple A, big leagues. And they kept you on the lower. And I was in the low, the low, low, like okay. with the whole time. And so you feeling like you had fallen out of favor quickly? Very quickly, yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, I left that little strength camp or yeah. hitters camp or whatever it was. I left that thinking like, okay, you know, I'm a, I might have a good chance yeah. to, to, you know, get some run this year. Sure. And for those of you that don't know, like, the higher you're, you're picked and the more money – the higher you're picked in the draft and the more money you get, typically the more investment a team is going to give you, the more leash, the more time they're going to give you to scuffle or figure things out, um, you know, more playing time, more preference, uh, just more, more attention to you. W- would you say that's accurate? Oh, As absolutely. opposed to someone yeah, signed absolutely. free agent or 40th round, they yeah, give you 100%. no money. Like the leeway part's the biggest thing. Just the simple yeah. run him out there every day. Yeah, let, let him let get him figure it, it out. Let him get his five six hundred of bats. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I, you know, where I was drafted, I thought I would be afforded that opportunity. Yeah, but I was not at yeah. any point. I don't know that I had six hundred at bats my entire minor league career. The story of your career says no that they did not. Uh, under that five hundred yeah, five sixty five. I didn't even have six hundred bats my whole career. Isn't that crazy. I mean, guys were getting that on my team that were hitting 200, <laughs> that were 26 round picks. Yeah, so they were getting their 550, 600 bats in a season. Yeah. I didn't even get that in four, three and a half years. You know. So now we're at we're at your first. This is your first first spring training, right? Yep. How was that experience for you? I mean, really cool, man. Exciting first first time oh, doing man. that. Oh, I was so it was so cool. Spring training was awesome. Yeah. Spring training was so cool Tell because. You're rubbing shoulders. I mean, that's your really your opportunity to be on the field with yeah. guys that are in the big leagues, have been in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, you're you're rubbing shoulders at that point. Big league pitchers are coming back to backfields to get their innings in for the day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with the double A, triple A group. Like I would go play a lot of games with the double A, triple A group every year. Mm-hmm. And what I came to find out is that's kind of what filler guys do. They just go fill a spot, you know. <laughs> but I was I, – I, dude, every spring training, like, I did well. Really? I did really well, yeah, every spring training. And I was never a guy that, like, started off the year well. Okay. But spring training, I, d- I did really well. I think my first year, I, I it was always, like, the best that I hit every year was spring training. Okay. So now, like, when I watch and I see guys hitting really well, I'm like, man, well, you know, watch. He'll be hitting 100 after the first <laughs> month. Like, burn all his bullets in spring training. Like – I would real. take I would take a you know one for a hundred in spring training with ninety loud outs over yeah. ninety for a hundred with you know little dinkers and Ric Flairs and using all my <laughs> grenades for the year in the first Flares. month. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that that first one was was awesome, man. I mean, it was just one of those things where you 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 dream about that, yeah, right? Like absolutely. that's that's another part of the process of yeah. this this whole dream that I was in was 
you know, spring training, man. It was just incredible. It really was. It was some of the coolest moments of my life for sure were in spring training. And I, like I said, I, I had a lot of opportunities that year, you know, to go up and play with, with the double A triple A group and yeah. playing against several big leaguers, playing with several big leaguers, yeah. getting to know guys that were in the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really cool, man. And I, and I, you know, performed pretty well, you know, every, every spring training I did pretty well. Were you trying to hit the ball on the ground? Like they were wanting, I'm this pretty point? sure I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to I be that I player. Just, I don't remember what exactly my my mentality was, but I was hitting lasers, man. I yeah. remember it. Like I remember each each one of my spring trainings very specifically because um, I still have like memories, vivid memories of the bat model that I was using, yeah. like when I was hitting the ball well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, but again, I was in that lower tier, so yeah. I kind of knew where they saw me, and I was, you know, I thought spring training was a tryout. You know, mm-hmm. it was not. They already knew where you were going to go. Yeah. Because if it was, I would have been with the team that I thought I should have yeah. been on every year, I feel like. But um, so, yeah, man, I, I I did well. And so when you go to short season. Pause one second. I want one more spring training question before we go. Could you take us through a t- Like, what, what is a normal day of spring training from like get up? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 honestly, man, it's just very highly competitive from sun up to sundown. I mean, yeah. There's no no walk. I mean, you don't want to be the guy that like is sticking out, you know. Yeah. I mean, it starts you, early, right? It's like oh yeah, yeah. You're on the line at you know seven a.m. Um, you know, it's it's the same thing as what you do in rookie ball. Okay, got it. Practice in the morning, yep. games in the afternoon, go got home it. day after day after day after day after day. Yeah. Um. So you know, for me that was cool because I got to see older guys. Uh, you, you know, your outfielders, whether it's rookie ball or AAA. Your outfielders go together. Okay. Your infielders oh, go cool. together. Yeah. So this one guy uh, in particular, Isaac Galloway, was a was a vet man. Vet, like played a lot of years in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of show time. Just an amazing guy. Was an incredible defender, and really, really transformed me. My footwork, my reads, yeah. my you know everything defensively. Like I just studied Ike, man. Oh, I cool. studied the guy. Yeah. And he was so nice to me. He was always open to to talk and to you know have that back and forth. Love guys like that. Man, he was awesome, dude. And if I could shake his hand today, I would and just say thank you. Like I've never seen him since I stopped playing. Maybe we'll send this clip to him. I don't know. I, that'd be cool, man. Because he was a really cool guy. He was great. He was instrumental for me. Honestly, probably most of the time didn't even know how much I was learning from him. But we I would just sending this clip to you, buddy. I would just watch everything he did. Okay. And I had heard that he was a great outfielder. Like he was a fringe big league guy for a uh-huh. long time. Like my whole minor league career. He actually didn't get his call up until after I was done. So he continued really? playing in triple A, double A. Wow. You know, it was just that I mean, that's what center fielders can do, man. That's why I was so hopeful for my career. If you're yeah. a good center fielder and can just Such a pull your position. weight, yeah. hit your weight, yeah. you can make a career out of it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And Ike did that, man, and I and I just studied him every year. Every spring training I just studied Ike. Mm-hmm. And it, it transformed me as an outfielder. I mean, I was playing elite, elite level defense by Shout that out time. To Ike. Yeah, big time. Big time. Very thankful for him and just being who he was and yeah. being really good and me being in the right place at the right time. Really, I love you giving thanks to all these people, man. It's so cool. But that's what you know. Spring training was all about. You know, it was just seeing where you stack up. Because yeah. never is there a time where you get to just see the whole organization. Yeah. And when you're right there, you're looking at these guys like he's in Double A. I feel like I'm better than him. He's just older okay. than me. Yeah. You know. So you start to get that gauge of yeah, like, yeah. what's the rest of the organization mm-hmm. looking like? Yeah. You also get to see like who are they pulling for, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, is it pretty you know, obvious? Probably, you know, Times. 
Yeah, I, I would say it was. Um, I, I just like I said, I just felt like after that, you know, that right off the get go in spring training, I was not in the cards. Like I, I was not, that. I was not in the plans to be an everyday guy. Okay. Um, so you know, get through spring training. It's a month long. Then if you are already in the organization, uh, if they're going to send you to short season, you stay in what's called extended spring training. Purgatory. Purgatory. <laughs> so you're playing against all the other teams in the area, the Cardinals, the Nationals. Yeah. I think now the Astros are down there. You're playing against all these guys. You're doing inter-squad games all the time. Yeah. You're doing Saturday morning doubleheaders with, you know, whoever. And it's uh, – yeah. You just wait. You just do this. You stay. You do the spring training ritual. You do the spring training routine up until it's time to break camp after the draft. So that's another month and a half. I mean, short get, season starts later, correct? Yes, yeah, short season starts like mid June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you got your draft the first week of June. Spring training is the month of April. You spend all of May into June in extended spring training, just doing the spring, just doing spring training for another month and a half. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's just it's, it's really tough. I mean, it's really, really tough to go out there in that weather and that climate and do it at a high level every day yeah. on that, you know. Stay in it mentally. Just, I mean, mentally it's fine because it still is. I know, And that's, you know, for me, it it was never a chore. It was never a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I still love to go to the park every day. I sure. loved the work that I was putting in. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. I was obsessed with the cage. I was obsessed with defensive drills, and I was just obsessed with it all. So it was really – it was perfect, but it sucked. I mean, it was very, very yeah. – it was very hard. It was just overall the hardest – yeah, hardest baseball life that I had ever lived, yeah. you know, for sure. And So you're living in a hotel. I mean, I, I lived in a hotel when I was in rookie ball. So I came back, lived in a hotel from, you know, July to August – Go home, come back for spring training. I'm living in a hotel from April to mid June. You and a roommate? Are you by yourself? Yeah, me and a, and a roommate. Uh, still one of my best friends today, Aaron Bland. I roomed with him every year. Uh, after our draft year, we roomed together. Uh, every team that we played with, every spring training, we roomed together and still talk to him at least three times a week now nice. today. So, Shout out. Yeah, yeah, that's my dude. Yeah, um, I was fortunate enough to meet somebody like that, you know, and there are others too that yeah. I still to this day I, you know, talk to on a weekly meet basis. Meet a lot of brothers along the way. Yeah, man, you really do. Not all of them, you know. There's a lot of people that you don't care to ever speak to again. <laughs> I could agree to that too. But the ones that you do hit it off with, yeah, you know, it life, does man. become for life. Yeah, yeah I've got we some, went some brothers for life too. Went through a lot together. Yeah. Um, went through some very trying times. Um, you know, as as people, as human beings, but also as baseball players too. Yeah. But that lifestyle, man, is just tough. You know, it, is, it takes a toll on you. I mean, the hotel Going through struggle with people bonds you. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Especially just that grind. Oh yeah. Sun up to sundown. Got to do it again tomorrow. Yep. You never want to see your brothers fall. Yeah. So that you know, at that point, you spend that much time together, you do kind of start to form a little bit of that brotherhood. But it still is just not the same as yeah. You know your your summer ball days, your college days. No. Uh, at least not for me. But um, is this when we break to to eventually you get out of short season? Or not, not short season, uh, extended. Yeah. And we break to Batavia again? Batavia, yeah, back to Batavia again. So slow A, Batavia, mm-hmm. New York Penn. Yep, yep, back up there. And okay. I wasn't an everyday guy, that but I was primarily point. the – I was like the majority center fielder. Okay. Played some right field too. Ended up, you know, becoming a very, very good right fielder as okay. well. Um, so right away they were not running you out there every day? No. As a sixth-round pick that nope. they just gave a quarter million dollars to? Nope. They actually so that year they signed uh, Vanderbilt won the national championship that year and the kid that hit the walk off to win it John Norwood 
they sign him as an unsigned free agent. So an un- undrafted really? free agent. Really? Outfielder, yeah. send him straight to the pen league. That's my I mean, he lived with me, he's my roommate. Really? And this guy came and took my spot, literally. Man. Yeah, and they put him in my house. How was how are put you him in my, about this? I mean, it's hey, really look, weird. John Norwood is a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, it's nothing against John Norwood. Yeah. But when you look at it from my point of view, they, you know, draft a high school outfielder in like the 15th round. He's playing over me. They've got an undrafted guy that can swing it a little bit. He's playing over me. Yeah. They bring in this Norwood kid. He's playing over me. We've got several incredibly talented young Latin Americans that are that are playing over me, or at least that they're trying to get. Is it some that run. same manager that? Yeah, same manager. Was not a fan of same you. manager. Okay. Um, so he's the one obviously making the lineup cards, reporting up to the general manager what's mm-hmm. going on, right? Yeah, he's got a lot of your fate in his hands. A lot, yeah. So not not boding well for you if he's not a fan of you. And again, I'm not crying wolf. You know, You're not. it is what it is. You're telling the story how it was. Yeah, man. he was. I it never felt like he was a fan of me. And again, this is the same guy that released me. This is the same guy that I had to sit down in his office at seven o'clock in the morning, and I swear to God, he smiled at me as he released me. So, really, like he got some joy. In yeah, it. like I he I felt like he got some joy. And I think I actually said to him, "I hope that made you happy." <laughs> when I walked out, I think I said to him, I, "It's finally over. I hope you're happy." I think was my last words to him. Oh um, man. But yeah, so you know I. I, it was my best statistical year. I mean, I think I hit around 230 that year. Mm-hmm. Struck out a lot. That was a big thing for me. I never was able to get strikeout rate down to, you yeah. know, I never struck out up until pro ball. I was striking right. out a lot. I was yeah. swinging through a lot. It's a lot of fastballs that I was just swinging right through. Are we changing your swing? Are we using the same swing? Are we I just think a lot of it was just fighting my natural bat path. I was trying to correct it. I was trying to get on yeah. top more. Right. But and that's not- why I was just cutting right underneath balls like there would be fastballs dude that i used to crush that i would swing right through and just i remember vividly walking back to the dugout just thinking to myself like how the hell did i miss that right how did i miss that i would foul ball straight back yeah and it would get to the point where i like forgot what it felt like to square up 95 dude and then you do it again you get a little surprised like oh shit like hey i heard that didn't feel it for once you know because everything i'm hitting is off the end of the bat i'm getting jammed whatever like just not squaring anything up but that year was statistically, I think, my best year. Like, and that was also the most consistent playing time that I got. Yeah, by far the most consistent. Um, but even that year, dude, it was like play a few days, sit a few days. Hard to get rolling. I could never get into a rhythm. Hard to get rolling. I was the yeah. king of like two, three, four game hitting streaks. Yeah. And then I would get sat for six days, and yeah. I wouldn't hit, get a hit. You know. Is this the type type of a situation where you can go have a conversation with this manager? I probably could have. You skip. Okay. Just again, man. I didn't want to be the the feather wanna, ruffler. Right. I didn't want to be the guy. I feel that, like you had already ruffled a few feathers. Yeah. I just I I was just so incredibly embarrassed by how I had handled the whole demotion thing my first year. Yeah. Like my girlfriend at the time had just come up there when I got demoted, and I hadn't seen her. You know, for me it was like the whole world was just tumbling down. Like yeah. as soon the day she gets there, I get sent back down. Yeah. You know, it's I just handled it so bad, dude. It's a lot, though. So after that, you know, I just wanted to be off the radar completely. Yeah. I didn't right. want to be a reason for conversation or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, streaks of success. I remember playing very, very good center field that year. Yeah. Um, I mean, after that, you know, after that first year, defensive abilities were never a question for me. Like, I had it down. Like, my throws were crisp. Defense was solid. Um you know, the one thing for me that was really that was really a killer was just not being on base. 
mm-hmm. to steal bags. So yeah, like when I would game. get on base, I had no confidence to steal bag yeah, anymore. Yeah, you get in a rhythm with that. Yeah, I mean, dude, before it was like I knew I was stealing second base, and yeah. now I'm like I haven't even touched first base in a week. Like I don't even I don't want to get picked off. Right, like, it's I like a little dance with the pitcher, and you get their feel. Yeah, you get the rhythm of the game back. Yeah, and when you're not 100%. out there often, dude, you get yeah. totally out of touch with that rhythm of the game. You get totally, you know. Yeah. You, you just lose that, that eye for when they're going, like when your jumps, you know, you're oh, not getting that game read. You yeah. get real rusty real quick when it comes to stealing bases. And, you know, I just wasn't on enough to, to ever yeah. get comfortable, to ever put a, put a dent in the stolen base category. Like that was one thing for me that was just totally on tap because I was never on base. Yeah. I was never on base. That was to, one of your biggest tools bags. was your speed and exactly. your ability. Could to never steal, even use I mean, it. You stole 50-something bags. Could never use Juco it. the year yeah. before. It was very frustrating for me. Yeah. That's why I was buying into the whole hit the ball on the ground thing. I was like, well, at least they can see me run the 3-9 down the line, right. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was stressful, man. So are you still having a belief in yourself that you're you're a change away or a season away or things could still break for the, for the good here? Are you – is this starting to slip away from you, or how are you feeling in, in this, these moments? Man, that's a, that's a good question, dude. It was something that weighed on me very heavily. Like, again, back to the self-induced, like, I have to prove it thing. I wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't sure that it wasn't a fluke. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I just, dude, I just was doing anything I could to just get back to that normal feeling of just playing ball. Yeah. You searching. know, whatever I could, yeah, just searching, man, searching, just trying to figure it out, trying to pull confidence out of every crack and crevice of my body, yeah. you know, just trying to get hyped up for the game when you're yeah. 0 for your last 30. It's like tough man i don't even want to be at the park today let alone be in the lineup so baseball i would say or is it safe to say it's not as fun for you at this point not at this point it it was trending in that direction for sure i would say the the next year was where it really 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 got tough for me that next year got really really dark really tough for me yeah um but i mean i would have spurts i had enough spurts of of success to where i still felt good about my odds yeah and I still believed in myself as an outfielder to where I was like, man, I just, I'm, I'm this, yeah. I'm yeah, this, I need a break. I'm a 250, 260 average away from, from being a guy. Yeah, like, right. Because then at that point, I'm on base enough. I can run, you know, I can, yeah. if I can just get there. Yeah. Starting to, you know, put together good at bats. I was really yeah. starting to compete a little bit. Just was never, it was never enough consistent yeah. PT to yeah, play. Not, not in the lineup enough to push yeah. the needle in that direction. Yep. Yep. I couldn't fully yeah. just just get comfortable can you just like feel this manager not like you yeah. that kind of energy yeah. that vibe you can totally tell i yeah. think at least from my experience when a manager like brush me off in you, dude yeah looks yeah. how he looks at you how he talks to you you know those yep. kind of things i think it's pretty easy to read and it, i mean it, i i just saw that little guy you know looking up at me grabbing my hat grabbing my jersey mm-hmm. all the time dude yeah. Oh, I mean, I, it's, when, anytime I looked at him, he just reminded me of a little chihuahua. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to flick the little chihuahua right in his forehead. Just like, get away from me, dude. I just couldn't get away from him. And again, dude, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not crying wolf. I'm not saying that this guy was the detriment of my career. I was not mentally stable enough yeah. to sift through the weeds to get yeah. to, out to the other side. I, w- I was not there. I was not mentally strong enough. Yeah. I did not have a firm enough belief in my ability to get me through to the other side, truthfully. I have sure. no problem admitting that. And I share that because I hope if there is a kid out there that, you know, don't be a prick, but believe in yourself. Don't be yeah. – don't don't so, don't so sell yourself short. Don't set yourself up to look back and be like, man, I listened to everybody and that was why I didn't. Like, yeah. I can die on my hill. You know, I can yeah, die yeah. on my belief in myself. Yeah. I didn't have that. So, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I could always feel that. Like, that guy was just absolutely not pulling for me. It's tough. Tough to succeed in an environment yeah. like that. I mean, it is what it is, dude. I was sure. one of many. Sure. I, there's no way that I was the only guy that felt yeah. like that. Sure. There's, you know, and it, he could have had the utmost belief in me, for all I know. Yeah. He could have, like, been just as crushed by releasing me as I was crushed by getting released. You yeah. know, I don't know. I never had that conversation with the guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, same manager. But, and again, he's just a placeholder, yeah. you know? Yes, he's he's filling out the lineup card, but he's getting texts and emails. You know, I'm Put sure. This guy in the lineup. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure of it. I'm sure of it. And I, you know, it is what it is, man. That's yeah. it's a business. I mean, these yeah. these are billion dollar teams. Okay. That that have invested in, in in drafted kids to put a product on the field for fan, you know, approval, fan and fan enjoyment, and yeah, it's it's very much so business. And I, you know, was never fooled. I never. I knew it wasn't. I'm not the only guy out here. Like it's not just about me. Yeah. This is a this is a large scale deal here. This is a professional major league baseball organization. Yeah. You know, be it as it may. Yeah. It's still an opportunity. I still had a jersey. It's not all hugs and rainbows. No, not at all. It's the opposite, it's man. Yeah. yeah, it's the opposite. That's yeah. just, it is what it is. So is life. You yeah, know. But I, that's a tough pill though, because you know, it's something that you wanted to do your whole life and you get there and it's not really what you expected it to be or how you expected it to go so yeah. I but it was still yeah. it was still incredible dude absolutely it was still incredible it's not you know? all doom and gloom absolutely. no it is not all doom and gloom yeah. at all by any means not at all but when you get into the specifics of things yeah there's a lot of struggle there man you went but that's it, man. the you post, really went through it that's the post game spread podcast so yeah. it's like that is that is what this is about yes dude Thank there's you. you know i to to to, to bensko i mean the guy had an incredible career and I loved listening to the podcast. I loved listening to all of his successes. Thank you. I loved it. You know, that is what this is also about. You know, we want to celebrate that stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, just for my story, like my success just didn't didn't continue. And yeah. obviously not everybody's did because we all had to stop at some point. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, I was just trending in the direction of my stop was, was coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like I... I still thought I, I was going to be a major league center fielder. Still like, believe, yeah. It was never like I was just totally full of the cards and was like, nope, you know, I'm just simply not good enough. You know, <laughs> I wasn't ever going to go away without a fight. Yeah, you fought. Um, you did fight, buddy. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was weird. It yeah. was very weird. It was odd. I would yeah. say odd season. So, are are you f cool wrapping this season up and moving forward here? Yeah. Is there anything yeah. more you think needs to be said about season two? No, I mean, had some successes, you know, yeah. it just was inconsistent playing time. And yeah. Yeah. All right, so season two is over. We did a little bit better, but probably not as good statistic statistically as you would like. No, no correct? one it. Yeah, so we come back off season, more hitting, more li more weightlifting, trying to get your weight up, similar type stuff. Um, is there anything you want to comment on the off season? Or are you ready to get to spring training again? No, I think this off season was – I had a much more clear idea of what I was trying to do. Cool. Let's um, go there. I definitely – I definitely knew that the ground ball thing wasn't wasn't going to cut it. You know, it you wasn't say, for this me. This ain't working. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't for me. So I was just trying to get back to a situation or a position of, you know, really being able to, to, to drive the ball. You know, I felt like the whole – just making contact part of it was was done and out of the way. Yeah. I had already gotten that, you know, part of it. I was used to the pitching at this point. Yeah. Um, really, it was just trying to clean up any holes, you know, that video showed me. And with the best to uh, of our knowledge, trying to put our two brains together at the time, <laughs> you know, we were just trying to get each other better. And, yeah, uh, figure it out. Yeah, I, we didn't do it, you know. I feel like we went about it the right way. Yeah. We we had We had a plan. 
it really is crazy how much more swing knowledge there is than there used to be. Yeah. You know, back in 2013. Just the yeah, just now. the idea that there's more out there than just the the right way or the wrong way to swing. Yeah, everyone's like, got unique Everybody movements. moves different. Yeah. yeah I absolutely. moved I was a very unique mover. I moved very oddly. I would say if you watched my swing when I was doing really well, mm-hmm. it did not look like what you would what you would think a good swing would look like. Okay. My setup was kind of weird. I was kind of pigeon-toed, pointing my hip, you know, it was just mm-hmm. I had reasons why I did that. Yeah. Um and in trying to find myself, you know, this was years of just figuring out myself, you know. Before yeah. I got to pro ball, it was like really just me and my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, just just trying to figure it out, you know, in high school especially, I was just going strictly off feel. Yeah. I wasn't going to, you know, some professional hitting coach. Right. Um, I was just going off feel and, and watching the fly of the ball and results. And I was a better hitter when I was dumber. I will say that. Yeah. When I, when I thought I was smart, when I thought I knew more, <laughs> that's when really? I started to fail. Yeah. yeah. Like I got too complicated. I definitely overcomplicated. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I got away do. from the act, just the response of my body, yeah. what my body told me, what the flight yeah, of the fighting ball on told natural me. movements. Yes. Yeah, trying man. to force movements that aren't, yes. aren't you. Yeah. I had some good, I had a goofy swing and I, and it didn't look like other people's. And I'm like, well, that's why I'm not hitting good. Cause yeah. I don't look like those guys. Yeah. I'm not doing this at this time so. when player a that's hitting three thirty is doing this at that time. Mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, I was trying to just make sense of it all. And yeah. I was like, well, I just don't, I don't move like that. I don't look yeah. like that. Let me, maybe that's why I suck. Oh. Let me move like that. Yeah. And it, you know, it wasn't for me. You know, I, I, like I said, there were reasons why I set up the way that I set up when yeah. I was having insane success. So are you going back to this old swing or trying to, I was getting there some hybrid. Of yeah. It? I was, I was getting there. I felt like it was a, it, it was a, an advanced version of where I was when I was doing really well. Okay. Again, me trying to do too much. Like I knew too much. Yeah. Um, but man, I had cr- good success like i you know rolling into spring training my second spring training uh-huh. i was on a tear man i was really hitting everything yeah i was hitting everything so i'm like for sure i'm going to greensboro i'm it's breaking yeah. going to low a it's gonna be great they keep me in extended like i have this incredible spring man. training and they keep me in extended again dude man yeah and it was just like totally deflating man. Yeah, totally yeah. I'm like, really God, take the wind like, out of your sail because you get to Greensboro, man. This is a stadium. There's four division, yeah. like major Division it's One like colleges. Real minor league baseball. It's a beautiful park. Yeah. It's a stadium, dude. The Sally League is great. Yeah. It's well traveled. A lot of you yeah, know you get Sally. a lot of fans. I mean, dude, playing up there, we played in front of fifteen, twenty thousand people yeah, probably. It's so fun. Definitely like ten to fifteen for sure. Yeah. Um. So, one thing or another happened. I break. I actually ended up. Sorry, I break with the team. We fly up on the Marlins team plane. We scrimmage against the big league team in Greensboro. Oh, wow. Yeah. They come and play in Greensboro. They did this little (laughs) fan tour thing. I get to be a part of that game. Yeah. Uh, And then they send me down. They send me back to Extended. That's what happened. So I broke with the team. I get up there. I'm getting housing situated, figured out. Boom. First plane out. Back Back to Extended. Damn. So I'm back in Extended, man. This is where I'm just like, screw it, dude. Really? Yeah, screw it. Like it's kind of break you? I it pissed me off dude i was livid i didn't understand it at all yeah i was better than the guys that they had up there and it was again like undrafted guys 30 round 30th round picks that were going up there over me and like none of it made sense to me it's not a knock to them you know i don't Mm -hmm. take any of this personal between myself and the player yeah just you know with the way it shook out in the organization there was never like hey man we just want you to get more bats here we think this guy needs more bats here we want to see him in this position we want to see you in that position it was just boom short season see you later 
Yeah. Go keep keep trying real hard down it there, bud. It is really baffling when I look at your stats throughout your career. It just looks like you they never invested in you. Like they never gave you a time to really I mean, if you were going to totally fall on your face, I wish they would have just given you a full season somewhere yeah. to just, like, fall on your face. Yeah, man. yeah, fail. Yeah, just fail 550 suck, suck. times, yeah. Yeah, show me you suck. Yeah, um, so, I mean, okay, so we're, we're I knew I was good enough to be in low A. I mean, that yeah. was the team that I was with. Like, that year, I was with the low A, high A group. Right. Fully expected to go to low A. Did go to low A. I went as a non-rostered player, so I knew that I was, like, I was a Phantom DL guy. Yeah, not a good place to be, dude. Tell, so I go you up tell there. Guys what the Phantom DL is? You're you're a fake injury. You're on the D, the DL, so the physically unable to perform yeah. list. Designated. You're not really hurt. Yeah, the the injured list, and I'm not even hurt. I don't have a number. I don't have a, a spot on the roster. Yeah. I'm up there for a week after that big league game. That really um, does sound like purgatory. I'm I went up there for a week, dude. I and I and I went to. Delmarva, Maryland, and we sat through 33 degree games in April or in you know early May, mm-hmm. and got sent back down. Man. Never even got to touch the field. I mean, never even got to play. Yeah. Uh, next thing I know, I'm in extended, and you know it was like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to send me back to short season for a third time, or they're going to release me now? Yeah. You know, so I'm feeling re- like you might be released. Oh, at this absolutely, point? dude. Really? I thought, I, yeah, I thought I was going to get canned for sure. Oh, man, I mean, that's now, there be was heavy feeling. I was thought I was. I thought I would be a week and extended, and I would get canned. Man, like your bags were ready to be packed. Oh yeah, I didn't even unpack. No I'm shit. dead. I'm dead serious. When I came back from Greensboro, when they sent me down, I just stayed. My clothes just stayed in my suitcase. I'm like, I'm either going back to Greensboro or I'm going home. Oh, there is no in between. You don't go to extended for, or you don't go to extended and short season three times. Right. Nobody. <laughs> even, I mean, very seldom do you do it twice. Yeah. So I already knew like it wasn't looking good for yeah. me. Man. Um. But I mean, I just yeah. knew that there's no shot they're gonna send me there for it's gotta a third be time. It's so hard to stay positive through all this, right? How do you keep yeah. that mentality of like what you need to, where you need to be, and you keep getting kind of kicked down here? Yeah, I mean, and again, man, it's 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 all humbling. Yeah, you know, like the whole you, thing. You've been humbled by life, humbled. brother, for yeah. sure. But it, you know, what are you gonna do? Too. You know, that's why this is my thought. What yeah. are you gonna do? Are you gonna waste this? Are you gonna sit here and soul can be? Upset, sad, you know, crying to everybody about how you are still a professional baseball player. You just don't play that much. Yeah. Or you're going to go out and work hard every day, take the opportunity for what it is. And I'm thankful, dude. This is where I have to pause and just say, like, this is where my parents were so big for me. Because nobody, I mean, you care for yourself and your parents care for you. Like, nobody else cares for you more than yourself and, and those people that are that close to you. Sure. And, uh... Yeah, man. I mean, you really got to find your backbone. You really got to figure out, like, what do you, what do I believe in? Do I believe in anything? Yeah. Am I just out here floating around, like, just trying to sift through this and make it happen myself? Or is there something that I can cling on to that's going to get me through this to, to keep me getting up every day, yeah. staying motivated, still realizing that I, I still have this opportunity in the, in the palm of my hand. Yeah. That window's just closing pretty rapidly. Yeah. You know, so I it was still an opportunity. Yeah. I just knew my window was in like fifth gear on its way down, whereas some guys are like, you know, in neutral. Yeah. And mom and dad were really in. there for you. Dude, so big. I mean, so, so much. You know, and it was just a whole time of just simply that, just the reminders. Like just appreciate what's in front of you. Appreciate yeah. sure. what you've gone through. Appreciate each day for what it yeah. is. You know, just this is you're doing what you love. I yeah. remember it. My mom probably said this to me 10 million times. My dad, too, both of them. 10 million times, like, you are doing what you love. And I'm like, 
my rebuttal was always, yeah, I am, but like they're not letting me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here, but I'm not playing. Yeah, it's not it's what like, I thought it would be. Yeah, it's just you know, it's not the dream I signed up for. Yeah, but you yeah. know, it's all part of the experience, and that's yeah. you know, that's why we're here talking about it today. So, yeah. but it, yeah, I mean, it was trying. It was very trying. Yeah, gosh. absolutely. Eventually, yeah. do you make it out of extended here? Where we, what's going on? So somebody got hurt, man. Um, I went back to extended for like two weeks, maybe a week and a half, two weeks. Somebody got hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I go up to Greensboro. I, I don't sleep at all. My flight's at 6 a.m. in the morning. They called me at 11.30 the night before. I was actually at a concert, this Tortuga Music Festival. Really? I get a call from my manager, the one that, like, despises me. <laughs> he says, hey, you're going to Greensboro in the morning. Like, your you know, the van will be there at 6. Your, pl- your flight leaves at 7.30. So I get an Uber home immediately. I'm, like, packing all my stuff, like, just, like, toiletries, stuff like that. I got to go to the clubhouse still and get all my bats and everything put together. I sleep a couple hours. I roll into Greensboro thinking, like, you know, they're going to let me get acclimated. I'm starting in center field that day on, like, three hours of sleep. <laughs> I go, like, two for four, three for four. I almost hit a ball out dead center. Really? My first at bat. Okay. I hit a double. Like, hit, like, the game-winning RBI in, like, the late in the eighth inning. I mean, my swing – I was on it, dude. Like, my swing at this time and extended was – was I was ready to go. Was this when you, like, put a little leg kick in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are kind of adding yeah. some elements yep. back into your old So, the swing. only videos – and we've talked yeah. about this. The only videos on YouTube of me – and yeah. pro ball are from this stint. Yeah. When I go, yeah. we go to, uh, oh, shit. Uh, we're playing the Brave. Rome, Georgia. Yeah, there's two videos of April on YouTube. One's a double, one's a bomb. Rome, Georgia. So we play we play West Virginia Power uh, at home. I come in for the last day of the, of the homestand. We go on the road that night. We get into Rome, Georgia. I start every game of the series. I play out my ass, dude. I'm hitting everything. I'm hitting really well and extended. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is it. Like, I'm finally turning and burning here. I feel really good. Yeah. I'm confident. It's my moment. Got my promotion. I'm I'm back with the team I feel like I should be with. Like, I'm in low A finally. I get to play real minor league baseball now. Yeah. And I come out hot, dude. My first three games was hot. It was good. First four games, really. That series in Rome, I played great. Made, like, dude, a couple diving plays. I mean, gave them every reason to start me. And I sat for like seven days straight, dude. Really? I come out fire in the first three, four games straight, and I sit for a week straight. Man, yeah. I sit for literally like six or seven what days are you straight. At this point, like, what, what is going what on? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what is happening? What do I have I mean, to do? I'm playing great defense. Like, yeah. I think I threw a couple guys out. Like, dude, I made some de- like game saving. My mom was there in Georgia. Yeah. She lived in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at the time. She came down. I hit a home run, like, the first game there. I mean, I was, dude, I was doing playing great. And I'm thinking, like, this is it. I'm going to be the everyday center fielder yeah. right back to the bench, dude. Sounds like they had their mind. That was, the, that was my whole year. Oh, my God. That was my whole season in, yeah. in Greensboro that year. I would play for a few days, put together good at bats, go one for four, you know, for my two, three days that I would play, yeah. sit for a week, uh-huh. sit for five days, sit for four days, sit for six days, play one, sit five, play yeah. two, sit four, Play three, sit a week, you know, so hard the to get whole going. season. That was the rest of my career right there. Jeez. Play a couple, sit more. Play one or two. Like, they never wanted me to get hot. And I say that as the boy who cried wolf, whatever. It just that, – that was my thought. They don't sure. want me to – they don't want me now to it get seems hot. seems like they kind of had you boxed into where they thought you were going to yeah. be. Like, an or, like a filler yeah. at this point maybe. Yeah. They didn't probably see you moving up. So just someone to play every once in a while. Yeah. Are you telling me, wait, are you, how are no, you, that's exactly how do you think what it they, was. they're seeing you at this point? I think it was exactly that. And it's, there's still guys that were drafted after me that were not doing better than me that were playing every day. I mean, if you look yeah. at the stats from that team that year in, in Greensboro, nobody, 
There was no 300 hitters. There was yeah. no Sally League All-Stars. There yeah. was no just clear head and shoulder better. It was just some guys played more than others. Yeah. Simply that. Did you play in any cool stadiums there? Dude, Greensboro had the best stadium, man. Yeah. Seriously, Greensboro Stadium was awesome. But, man, I got to think. Like Lakewood, New Jersey was really cool. Um, we went down to Savannah, Georgia, where now the the Bananas play. It was yeah. the Mets affiliate at the time. Yeah. That was a really – This is the Sally League, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the nostalgic place to play. I mean, that Absolutely. Savannah, dude, that stadium has been around forever. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it, too. It's really cool. Like, just felt like I was in 1908, you know, yeah. playing ball, like, you know, back in the yeah. old days. Yeah. Um, oh, man, there's a lot of cool parks in that league, really. I mean, every every park was, was cool. It was, a, it was now officially minor league baseball. Like, yeah. you're not playing in – Right. It's not in the Penn League, dude, it's Penn League short. is weird. Penn League is, some, is a very old league, a lot of really old stadiums, nothing really – you know, state of the art by any means. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you get to low A, it's finally your first taste of like a stadium, you know, yeah. stadium lights, yeah. the whole thing, like clubhouse, underground hitting tunnels, like real professional felt baseball like, like you thought it was going to be. Felt like ways. the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, after what I had been through with extended and yeah. spring training and sure. Gulf Coast League, it felt like the big leagues, truthfully. Yeah. So some up, some down. I mean, you get a little success, but not not getting to play a ton. Right. Not getting the chance to really get on a roll, still mm-hmm. feeling kind of like the organization is really not seeing you in the future here. Yeah. That's just kind of how the whole year goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Like I said, yeah. it's, you know, play a few, sit more, the whole year. Yeah, where's we're, at the end of the year? Where's our where's our mentality at? I mean, at that point, I just kind of accepted like this. You know, this ain't it. Or this I'm is this is what or, this is how they see me. Yeah, they they certainly don't see me as an everyday guy. So yeah. I guess now it's like make of it what you can. Yeah. You know, don't give them a reason to send you home early now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, that that was pretty much it, man. It was like I, I wasn't going to stop working hard. Right. I mean, they, at no point did my lack of success come from a place of lack of preparation or – No, not at all. Like, uh, you know, the the lack of determination or whatever. Like, I was always yeah. working crazy hard. Like, I always, yeah, you know, did what I had to do. I was doing all the right things. You just couldn't mm-hmm. put it together, you know. But, you know, after that year ended, I actually was, you know – it was a good year for me, man. Like, I really still felt like – I proved enough, and then I got hurt, dude. You feel I, like you belonged. I absolutely. I knew I didn't. I was not. I did not not belong. Like, there we go. There was never a yeah. point where I was like, man, I'm just really not it's good important. enough to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I proved myself plenty in that year. You know, I thought maybe the next year I would maybe start off in low A with a really good chance if I did well to to move up quick to high A. Yeah. But, uh, man, I was on a roll. I was finally starting to hit the ball really well, and uh, we were in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, playing against a team that featured Rafael Devers, Andrew Benatendi, um, Yoan Mankata, Lucas Giolito. I mean, all these dudes are all-stars now, like big yeah. leaders. Um, most incredible minor league team I ever played. Um, I- I'm rolling, dude. I'm playing really, really well, hitting the ball well. I'm, like, starting this game off. I'm two for two. And uh, Rafael Devers um, hits a line drive in the left center gap. He's left-handed. I'm running after this ball, and they got a really high fence. They tried to kind of mimic Fenway, okay. not with as tall of a left field wall. Sure. But the whole fence in itself was taller. So I'm running this ball down. I think I can get there. And, like, right at the last minute, I realize I can't. So I go to break down, and it was kind of slick. My my cleat slipped out from underneath me. My foot landed, like, a little awkward. And I, I felt and heard a pop. And I thought, like, it was my ACL for sure. I couldn't bend my leg. Yeah. And uh, that took me out the rest of the season. I mean, I, I just was I, – I was – had found something in my swing where I was training like very specifically. I, I had a very specific professional routine 
that I put together that was working incredibly well. It was a balance drill. I would set a two by four out. And when I was landing, I was landing a little bit t- like leaned over. Okay. So I put this two by four down to stay stacked. That was my ideology. Stay stacked. Uh-huh. You know, deliver the hand, the hands high, like Justin Canelo used to teach. I was really getting back into that. Okay. Yeah. And I was figuring out that my upper half, when I would come down on my stride, was tilting, and I was having to really fight my front side, really open up that mm-hmm. that front side to to release the barrel behind me. Okay. And so I was I was very specific in my training. There was no wasted swings for me. Yeah. I was a professional hitter at this point. I oh, was I doing one handed stuff. I mean, my routine yeah. was so, so specific. You I knew was getting, what worked for you. I was getting a very good grasp on what worked for me. I was this truly becoming a professional. All goal. I hope people are listening right I now. I was, you know, finally for the first time, I wasn't searching for just any drill that felt good. Yeah. I had specific things that were challenging to me mm-hmm. that got me ready to go play a game. Got the go, right feels for you. Go yeah. hit 95, 100. Yeah. Yeah, the right feels for me. And it felt incredible, man. I was like very on the up and up i think i was even starting to get more more tick i was starting to be on the field more because i was doing really well towards the end of that year and man like i said i i hurt my knee that game and uh i didn't have a tear in my acl i had some some like a burst sack thing behind my kneecap yeah that the marlins kind of brushed off and uh bothered me into the off season i spent the first two three months of the off season with just crazy ache behind my knee really? and finally went down to go see the team doctor and kind of brushed me off again said it was nothing and still to this day it bothers me honestly. really yeah still to this day like when it gets cold out i'll still get that pain right behind my kneecap oh, same pain it reminds me of it all the time but uh yeah it sucked man i was i was really hopeful to end on a high note that yeah. year and i and i still did you yeah, know can you pull some positives out of that come going going oh, into this sure. offseason dude i felt great i mean yeah. really i did i i kind of forgotten how good i felt until we just started <clears throat> until we just started talking about That's it special yeah but yeah, it was uh, that last month, man. I was I was really feeling it. I was really feeling feeling good. Yeah, so maybe some confidence coming back into you a little bit, and maybe yeah. you feel like there's some some life in your yeah. career. Maybe there's yeah. who knows. But I mean, I still had that idea of like I'm, yeah, I'm. They don't see me as an everyday guy. Maybe I can get back to that. I'm yeah. still like 23 at the time, yeah, you know. So I'm, you know, I'm not six years in and just figuring this out. Like yeah. I felt like for me, like I got my first. That would have been like bat wise. That was my junior season of college. Yeah. My first two years of pro ball, how I looked at it, the amount of at bats that I had would be equivalent to probably what I would have gotten like in a college season if I was an everyday starter. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, okay, now like I'm I'm primed, I'm ready. All of this is second nature now. Nothing's gonna surprise me. There's no arms that are, you know. Obviously, guys were good. Like the pitching was incredible, obviously, yeah. but it wasn't. It didn't seem foreign to me. Like I, yeah. I was used to it. You know. Sure. I felt like. Yeah, like I belonged. Like for you sure. belonged. Yeah, that's important because it's easy when you're scuffling to feel like you don't belong in a league in, against your competition. That's so easy to do. Um, so we're going back home that year. You're dealing with this for the off season. You're dealing with your with your knee. I'm sure you're you're running through your normal strength stuff and swing stuff. Are you sticking with the same swing that you had kind of been? Yeah, working with. I had man. I had some. Towards? I had some injuries that year too. I remember. Having some back problems that I felt like stemmed from my mm-hmm. from my knee, and you've continued in life to have some back problems. Kinda, yeah, not not so forward. much. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, man. You're totally right, actually. Um, yeah, I had some, and I think it was all correlated to my knee. But I spent the first couple months of that off season really just trying to get right to be able to progress. Yeah. You know, to be able to get feeling normal. I had some arm problems, like right out of the gate. I would always have this weird thing with my arm, where my arm 
take about a, three weeks to a month to just fully like loosen up uh-huh. and it would just kind of happen on an instant. But that year I remember specifically like it was worse than, than the previous couple of years. But you know, it was a, it's a long, I mean, it's tough off season for me, really. I wanted to be able to train at a high level and was still trying to do that. Still mm-hmm. trying to get my swings in. I just wasn't able to do it up until about Christmas time. Mm-hmm probably after Christmas, after the first of the years when I finally was able to start like, you know, feeling, feeling good, Yeah. you know, body wise. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had high hopes going into that, that last year. Yeah. This is going to be Ryan's final year in <laughs> yeah, pro I ball had, here. I had final, I, I had hope, high hopes, um, that I was going to, I love that you still had some opti- optimism left in you at this point because I mean, again, man, this is you went through a lot to my parents, you know, to their, yeah, to, their credit. to them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, you're, you're doing what you said you were going to do since you were a little kid, yeah. you know, so don't, don't ever lose sight of that. Yeah, like I, I heard my mom, it, yeah. you know, it's, those words were embedded in my mind. Like don't lose sight of what's in front of you, you know? Yeah. So it was always, you know, I was so easy to be motivated by it. You know, mm-hmm. it was never that I was like sitting there like, man, I don't want to do baseball today. <laughs> like I was always so fired up to get better because yeah. I still had that belief that I could get there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, get to spring training and, yeah. <clears throat> you know, just another spring training. I'm doing really well. Who are you with? Um, I you was mentioned with the, the groups previously. High low A group again. Okay. Expected. Yeah. You know, I thought I had a good chance to make the high A team. So they actually, you know, I, I do well. I, I get to play in some big league spring training games my last two years. Yeah. Yeah, we can pause. Yeah. <coughs> I think I smoked. So I had gotten to play in a couple of big league spring training games that year. So that was, you know, obviously a, a pretty cool experience. So my, my first one was <coughs> actually the previous year. I got to travel. Um, I forgot to mention this. I uh, got to travel with the big league team to play the Tigers um, when they had Miguel Cabrera still and Jim Leland was still the manager. Oh Actually, gosh, it was that or his first year out, but Johannes Cespedes was still on the team also. Wow. So I ride the big league bus uh, over to the to the stadium. You know, I get there, and uh, I remember one of my – actually, one of my, my roommate, one of my best friends, um, got to go with me. So that was even cooler. But the thing was, when you go to big league spring, big league spring training games, they release you right after. Really? So him and I both, yeah, they kind of get like your last hurrah, and then, you know, they, they send yeah. you on your way. So him and I are freaking out. <clears throat> We're freaking out the whole time. This is my, this is my, not my last one, but the, you know, year yeah. prior. We're freaking out, thinking we're getting released, whatever. So, you know, we're just kind of there taking it all. Oh, in. like for real release? Yeah, for real. Yeah, like okay, you go to the you. big league game and like the couple days later. Oh, yeah, that's like they're, they're sending you off with they the gift. You. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're kind of freaking out, but we're taking it all in, you know, just trying to be like. <laughs> how do you enjoy that moment while still being like, I might get cut? <laughs> well, I mean, it makes you enjoy it more because I'm like walking around the, the moment, stadium, baby. you yeah. know, and I'm like, this could be it, you know. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it wasn't the Tigers, man. It was the Braves. And the reason why this was so cool for me, the first one was because at Lincoln Land, we go down and play at the Worldwide of Disney or whatever. Yeah, kiss me. Yeah, in uh, the ESPN studio place yeah. or whatever. And you would play on the backfield. Yeah. And I remember every year we would go down there, we'd walk through, and there would be a big league spring training game going on in the stadium. And we'd go out back and we'd play our game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my first one ever, full circle moment here, I, I get to walk into the stadium this time, wow. you know. Uh, my second one was the Tigers. Um, that that was cool because it was full circle. You know, playing yeah. against the Braves at that stadium. I'd been there. I'd seen it. I dreamt about it before and, yeah. and got to go do it. I didn't get to play in that game, but we go to uh, play Detroit, 
and Jim Leland and <laughs> Cespedes. I'll never forget this, man. We come out of the locker room after we, you know, just get there, get our stuff, walk out, just going to go kind of take it all in. And Leland and Cespedes are just sitting there ripping a heater together. Burning heaters. <laughs> just smoking a cigarette <laughs> together. And I watched Cespedes, man. I watched this guy disintegrate a cigarette, like, really? within minutes, bro. It was, like, full cigarette, half cigarette, Dude, no cigarette. One of within... those last dudes in, the, in baseball to be smoking. Yeah, those man. Cuban guys smoke heaters. Yeah, well – he was ripping it for sure. And I just remember like, dude, this is nuts. That's Jim Leland and Cespedes with smoking a square together. Who would have thought? That's terrific, man. Yeah, it was. But so, you know, my last spring training, uh, I got to play in one big league game that year as well. And this was honestly like, this was one of the cooler moments for me in my, my career for sure. Um, you know, obviously I, I didn't go to these games to start. I don't play nine innings. I got one at bat. Uh, in the game, my second one, my in, against the Tigers, I got an at bat that day, and then uh, my my mom was actually <clears throat> at the last one that I played in my last year, my last spring training. She was there, uh, while, like that week, um, just so happened, and got to come watch me play in oh, in the big league spring training game. That's special, even better, man. I got to replace Ichiro what? in the game. What? Yeah, so like I entered as a substitute for Ichiro. Oh my gosh, and uh. So that whole game, uh, Jose, it's a home game. So, you know, if it's a road game, you're lucky to get three or four of the starters. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting right. a lot of bench guys, right. a lot of minor league guys. Yep. Those home games, though, those guys stick around. They come watch the game. They sit in the dugout. And uh, I had met Jose Fernandez, uh, rest in peace, but yeah. I had met Jose Fernandez a few times in the years prior in spring trainings. So when I when I got, you know, to go to the game that day, <clears throat> Jose was in the dugout and he you know we we talked for dude a while like I just sat with him and really yeah we got to chop it up for probably three or four innings good guy he had oh dude the honestly like the Kobe Kobe Bryant dying was like earth shattering to me mm -hmm. but the first one was was Jose man I bet I mean he told me his story of attempting to defect three times wow S like swimming in a boat or swimming in the ocean like jumping off a boat swimming getting picked up right before he can get on land. One time his boat capsized in the middle of the ocean and he got saved by like a refugee boat. Jeez. I mean, yeah. but he, so he loved cars. He had a Nissan GTR. This was my alarm clock in spring training every year. He left at the same time. The exhaust tips on his car were as big as a mini basketball. <laughs> it was incredible. And so I'm asking about, him, I'm like, dude, I haven't seen that car in a while. Like what happened to the GTR, man? He's like, looks around, and he's like, uh, they caught me speeding in Miami, and I took it to a dealership and left it and, like, bought a new car. Like, I just left it there that night. I won't, like, give all the details of what he told me, but we <laughs> sat and just talked about, his, you know, his, about cars and yeah. his mom. Like, he was very, uh, very, uh, you know, active on social media, and a lot of it was about his family, about his mom. And, you know, my mom was huge for me, man. Just, my dad was as well, but, like yeah. – we kind of just, ha you know, had that connection of having <clears throat> awesome, you know, moms in our lives. And that was seriously, yeah. it was a topic of conversation for us. So cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it dude, it was so surreal. I mean, and then, you know, a year or two later when he passed, it was, it was crazy, man. I don't even know if it was that, it might have been that same year that he did pass. But uh, that that game, that, that day was just very special for me in my career. 
you know, I grew up idolizing Ichiro. Yeah. Got to meet a superstar in Jose Fernandez and really, like, yeah. sit down and talk with him. You're rubbing elbows with the big league yeah. guys. Yeah. And you get to. I mean, that's the coolest part of those games is you're you're in there. You're high-fiving these guys after yeah. they come back in the dugout. I yeah. mean, you really feel like, you know, you're you're a big leaguer for a day. I mean, you get the food. You get the you get the spread, they call it, the post-game spread, <laughs> if you will. But that's a good post-game spread. Dude, that's top That's show. not peanut butter and no, jelly. No, no. That's like steaks and <laughs> potatoes type stuff, man. They eat good up there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I have a really good spring training again, man. And I got to pause one second. A fun thing. Uh, if anyone has about 100 bucks, uh, Ryan's spring training jersey is on eBay right now for about. And it's got to be from that game. It's got to be. It has to be from that game. Will someone from a- your family step in and buy this jersey? <laughs> I'm going to buy this jersey for you, bud. I don't know bud. if anybody knows about it. They will now. <laughs> it is. It's on eBay. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's got to be funny. I don't know how I found it. I think I was just like Googled your name or something, trying yeah, to find I, stuff. You sent me that picture that day. I was like, what? It's <laughs> so crazy. Who's going to, who's the super fan that's going to buy it? I don't know. I might, All right. I might have to. Yep. All right. Spring training. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, another good spring training for me. I mean, yeah. I felt like it was very productive. I felt like I showed really well. Um, I break camp with – uh, I can't remember the order. I broke I, to, I broke camp with the high A team. Mm-hmm. I broke on the Phantom DL again. Phantom DL'd you again. Phantom DL'd me again. I'm, I'm, I got to figure out a living situation. If yeah. I'm going to be on this team, I got to, I can't live in the hotel. If I'm the, I'm on the high A team, yeah. which is in Jupiter, the same place our, you know, our, our rookie ball and extended spring training complex yeah. is at. I, if I'm on the high A roster, they won't pay for me to live in the hotel. Okay. I probably would have been okay because I was on the Phantom, but I was like, dude, I'm on this team. Yeah. This is the guys that I advanced with. I, I was competing with these guys last year. Mm-hmm. A week later, I'm in extended spring training again. Third time. They bring me off the Phantom DL. I play a few games. I knock in a game-winning RBI late on the road. Don't play again for like five days. And uh, next thing I know, I'm back in extended. Jesus. Hey, is this is this manager that is not your friend? It's a different guy now. Is he in any way involved? Okay. Short season. He's still a short season guy. So he's the one still running extended spring training. Wow. Yeah, yeah. okay. So he, um, you can never get away from him. You right, can never anyway. could, man. All right. Um, so, I mean, at this point, dude, well, I guess I should probably – a major life-altering event occurred for me in my last spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out that we were pregnant with my first firstborn daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so things became – this is where the real world came into play yeah, yeah. very quickly. For absolutely. Um, Getting pulled in other I don't. I don't yeah, I, I I don't feel ashamed to say that it wasn't planned by any means. I don't. I don't feel ashamed to say that. It's the greatest blessing of my life. Of course. Um, I have two amazing kids now. Um, but it was, I was just at that point where. I knew where I stood in the organization. Yeah. I had seen. Twenty-six to thirty-two-year-old men, with wives and kids at home that they got to see for five months out of the year. Maybe could come out for the weekend. Tough they sh- life. surely couldn't, you know, live with you because you're living with five other people in Jupiter County, yeah. which is the richest county per capita in the United States at the time. Really, I mean, I'm trying to 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 live off 1,100 a month yeah. in an apartment where I'm paying 400 a month. You know, in, in Jupiter County, I'm in the. I mean, yeah. the, it, it was what it was. We had to live somewhere. I had five guys living in a two bedroom apartment <laughs> crammed in there, and we're all paying 400. Yeah. 450 bucks a month right. live there on $1,100 salary a month. 
Yeah, damn near half your salary there. Yeah, just to live, and I'm not even getting paid. You don't get it paid and extended. So I'm spending my signing bonus just to live, just to have a place to sleep. Yeah, just to keep it. As I'm in this limbo, yeah. you know, and I let it go on. They sent me back up. I played for a little bit. They sent me back. The you second s- – You went up again and then yeah, back again. Yeah, I played it for about a week and just – this around this time, during this time, was when Gary Cathcart pulled me aside and said, what happened? Yeah. How did you go from this to this? Yeah. How are you this good hitting – all these home runs, doubles, triples, yeah. everything, to like not even sniffing that same type of player. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you got to pull for yourself. You got to – it's not been working. He's like, your window is getting small. I'm going to be the first to tell you. Like, yeah. I've had to fight for you in that room many times already through the spring training. They wanted to let you go. You kept performing at a high level. So the success that I was having kept me alive. It didn't, yeah. pro- it didn't progress me at all. It just, just kept, kept the, the name on my jersey. Yeah. Name on your team. He said, literally, I had to fight for you yeah. every week when it came cut time. I had to fight for you every week. It's powerful. He's like, I didn't – he's like, I've seen you play defense. That's yeah. all I need to see is you play defense. Right. Elite. And then I look at you as what you did in college, and I almost fell over out of my chair. I'll never forget this conversation. He called me. He didn't even talk to me at the complex. He called me. And uh was like, I almost fell out of my chair when I saw your numbers. He was like – to see what you are right now, he's like, it makes me sick. He's like, I don't know what's happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you need to forget it all. And yeah. you need to do what got you here. So I stood right back up in my stance. I started leg kicking again. I was just trying to drive the ball, and I was, dude. I was smoking the ball. Really? I was hitting the shit out of the ball. What? So they send me back up. Yeah. Play the first day, get a couple knocks, boom, bench. Man. Six, seven days, bench. They sent me down again, so that, so I got sent down twice. Yeah, I broke Phantom, got activated, played for about a week, got maybe two three games under my belt. And this, if somebody wants to deep dive and look at like game by game, I may be off here a little bit on the actual time frame of how much I played. I'm just going off what I remember. It wasn't much. It's okay, buddy. Extended Phantom, yes. played a little bit, had a little bit of success, put together really good at bats. Straight back to the bench. I'm like, okay. You know, knowing that I've got a baby on the way, um, I I kind of trusted somebody that had been a coach of mine. He was an outfield roving, like roving coordinator. He would go to all the places and work with the outfielders. He's a really good guy, man. I, I really trusted him. Yeah. And he did the he did me the biggest favor that I could have ever unknowingly asked for. I he came in. He was like, "Look, man. He's like, I'm I'm sorry. This has happened to you. They didn't know that I was like that. We had a kid on the way. Yeah." I you know I wasn't like I was running around like you know telling everybody because I was like well they'll probably release me for that and at that point I was still <laughs> trying to figure out like can I do this yeah um I just it's the moment that I found out the moment that we found out I remember saying to my buddy I was like dude like you know everything has changed my life has changed like completely like I don't even if there's no clear pathway for me to do this like I gotta get out I can't be that guy that's got a kid at home wife at home never seen him can't afford to bring him out on the road yeah she's in nursing school so like you know it was just there's too much going on i just wanted to do the right thing you know mm-hmm. i didn't want to be a guy that didn't get to see his kids didn't get to you know go through all that sure you know so i'm having this conversation after they send me down the second time and i'm like look man i got i got a kid on the way uh so if there's no like opportunity real opportunity for me to be on this team this high a roster yeah it's like i gotta go I can't I can't sit here and just 
tread water in Jupiter, Florida, are making peanuts. What a, what a heavy decision. On this, you know, this whim that maybe if 10 guys ahead of me get hurt and I get a real opportunity for once. Yeah. I can't bank on that. Yeah. The very next day, dude. The very next day. Got called in the office at 7 o'clock in the morning. Don't have room for you. Damn. And he's, like, smirking at me as he said that, like, yeah. you asked for this, dude. Yeah. Don't have room. You got to go. Like, same guy that was yeah. my manager. Right. You know, and that emotionally I said to him, I believe, you know, I hope this made you feel good. Like, yeah. you finally got to do what you wanted to do type yeah. of thing, which was really salty and arrogant of me to say that. It's okay. But, uh, such a heavy moment. Yeah, it was, man. And, again, I felt really burned by the guy because I knew the words that he used to me, the, what he said to me and when he released me. I knew it came from that conversation. The fact like that he it was, was the very next some day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The fact that it was literally not even 24 hours later, I was like, I see what happened there. Yeah. You know, I yeah. get it. And I was so, you know, just rubbed the wrong way. I was like, man, I trusted him, you know. Yeah. But again, he did the biggest favor for me that I unknowingly asked for. Like, he got me out of there. Yeah. I didn't hate baseball. Yeah. You know, towards the end of my – you think it was headed in that direction? Oh, I, yeah. I was just going to backpedal a little bit, actually. So the end of my year in Greensboro, you know, as I'm playing a few, sitting a bunch, I'm, like, almost, like, dreading being in the lineup. Yeah. Like, I almost get to the point where, like, dude, I don't even want to play today. I haven't seen pitching in five days. We got their Michael Kopech, yeah. you know, was the ace of the, you know, on yeah. the staff of the White Sox. Like, dude, I, I don't want any part of this guy. My batting average is going to go down even more. Yeah. Like, give me the fourth game on a 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Yeah. Sunday afternoon game when they're just throwing the long relief lefty, you know, yeah. out of the pen that day. But and if that's uh, your mentality, it's probably time to go. Yeah, man. And I fought that. I fought it every day of that season. Yeah. I, I really did. Once I realized yeah. that I wasn't going to play every day in, that, in, in Greensboro, that was truly – it would be, you know – Day one, damn, I'm not playing. Day two, damn, I'm not playing. Yeah. Damn three, day three, damn, I'm not playing. Day four, shit, I hope I don't play today. Yeah. Day five, shit, I hope I don't play today. Mm -hmm. Day six, damn, I'm playing today. Right. You know? And I tried to combat that. I tried to do things to keep me sharp. I would stand in on <clears throat> stand in on every pitcher's bullpen. Yeah. Pre-game, you know, all the relievers, they throw their pins. Starters, you know, on like day three or four of their off days, they would throw pins. <clears throat> I was I was just standing in, just tracking, you know, just trying to train yeah. my eyes, seeing, trying to count the seams as they come by me. Doing just the right to, things, for sure. Trying to stay sharp for when I do get that next chance a week from now. Um, but I really, really fought that feeling all year. And it's not something I ever verbalized to anybody. Yeah. I mean, of course not, right? You're not right. going to tell somebody, like, dude, I don't want to play. Like, right. I'm, I'm essentially, I'm scared to play today. <laughs> no. Because my batting average is going to go down. Like, I'm not going to get a hit. I haven't seen pitching in 10 days, whatever. I've been there, too. Yeah. And, uh. You know, and then I started to have some success. I started to get away from that. I started to play a little bit more that year in, in Greensboro and, and you know, kind of had rewired my, my thought process, kind of convinced myself, like, dude, you got this. You can still do this. Don't yeah. get discouraged. Don't be scared. Like, step up and own it. Like, yeah. make the most of the opportunity. Like, the Rudy mentality, you know? Yeah. You get your shot, run with it type of thing. Oh, man, that's good. And then, uh, yeah, man, just to, to you know, to, to, to have that news, you know, to find out that we were pregnant. Um, you know, I knew very quickly it was like, you know, what are you going to do, man? Yeah. You know, are you, you going to be that guy that's like you're, you're, you had your years to be selfish. You never had to get a job. Right. You never had to focus about anything other chase than your dream. Yeah. chase your dream. You got to chase it. You're Didn't not having out. that much fun with it. Why yeah. hang around until you A, hate the game, B, hate yourself, yeah. C, regret time that you missed other places. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to do the right thing. 
from the start. Yeah. You know, with the pregnancy, I just wanted to do the right thing. I, I wanted totally to be get there. Where your headset was that, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to be there. You never know if you're going to get to experience that again. Right. You know, yeah. luckily for me, I was able to experience it twice with a with a you know healthy baby, healthy delivery. Um, so, but at the time, you know, I'm thinking I'm I think I'm 24 at the time. You know, I just. I wasn't going to let myself be that 28, 30 year old yeah, with, with kids that. at home. Yeah. You know, I, and it, it was not a tough decision for me to make. I knew I owned what I said when I said it, it wasn't like I was, I misspoke when I told him, yeah. Okay. If there's no shot here. I yeah. need to go. Yeah. I didn't misspeak. Those weren't minced words. It wasn't anything that I regretted saying. I just didn't know it was going to come at 7am the next morning. Yeah, was, like so I didn't know that the, the vision for me was that clear that it was going nowhere quick. I've been released a few times myself. It is, <laughs> heartbreaking are, are you feeling re relief in this moment are you feeling sadness what's <laughs> well i have my so i was crushed man yeah i mean it, you know everybody always says like there's going to come a day where the jersey's going to either be you're going to give it back or they're going to take it from you yep. i always envision my career being the one that where i would i would be like oh, i'm good i'm yeah. stepping away and in a in a, in, in kind, in of, in a kind of yeah kind of I, I did do that but still nothing can nothing can uh you know brace you for that moment where yeah they tell you finally like you're just not good enough yeah you know yep. you hurtful. finally are told out loud you're just not good enough man you know? so i was that is hurtful yeah i've been there i was crushed you know i had my car uh down in florida with me uh i remember you know seven o'clock in the morning i got cut called my parents let them know obviously i had nowhere to be yeah you know i just dude literally just went and your life is totally different i now. cruised straight to the beach dude yeah i went straight to the beach and i just laid down I just laid there really? probably yeah for hours literally just laid there just looking up just trying to like I I just remember wow. I knew it was right not at the time but like you know looking back I remember feeling like this weight just just literally just releasing off me I remember just laying down I'm crying I'm sitting there looking up and I just remember taking an exhale like dude people are starting to probably like look at me now like I'm yeah. laying here distraught on the beach I just remember exhaling and just having like this this crazy weight lifted off my entire being, like all of this on my soul, my heart, wow. everything was just. I felt just this huge sigh of relief for the first time. You know, I didn't have to worry about proving anything to anybody. Yeah, you know, all gone. Yeah, In I didn't instant. have to anymore. And yeah. and I got you know I got home and I'm calling everybody. I'm like, hey, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. Yeah, got my agent looking into indie ball teams. I got all these different workouts for indie ball teams, and I, I. No call, no showed three of them. Yeah. I, I remember couldn't, couldn't bring I remember making a call it. for you for an indie ball team, and you were like, you know what? I think I'm done. Yeah. I uh, I had several uh, workouts, you know, lined up and ghosted every one of them. Yeah. You know, went through the troubles of, of reaching out, put my put myself out there, and just. Your heart wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. I mean, Did it was just me? more so in it was. I mean, it, it wasn't. You know, I, that I just, that feeling of being able to relax for the first time felt too good. Oh yeah, like um, I don't want this pressure back on me. Yeah, like, but just got it off my back. It's all I'd ever knew. Yeah. You know, that was who I was. I was yeah. a baseball player. Oh, yeah, I got now we're tattoos. getting to like a very interesting part of your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I got tattoos on my body of this stuff because I just felt like so undeserving of the whole thing. Like yeah. I felt like something somewhere was just pulling the strings. You know, doing the little the dance with the puppet. with the puppet. <laughs> yeah, and I was just along <laughs> for the ride. And now the ride was over, and I get off and get out and now on what? about my day I go. But you know, there was obviously, uh, you know, I, it was a, it was a blessing because I never really had time to sit and sulk about it. Like I went straight yeah. into being a dad, really. Like yeah. that was, that was like mid July, I think, 
early July, and then my daughter was born in November. So yeah. I go from you know playing high A Florida State League in June to working at the in the basement of a local bank answering yeah. customer service phone calls within a month. Yep, you know I remember that. Uh, so when I when I say humbled, <laughs> I remember you not loving it. I just you know it, it humbled to me, you yeah. know, to most and to many and, and myself included. Yeah. I was thankful that I that I had connections that baseball gave me right. in a in a local bank that afforded me a job right yeah. away. Shout out to Jason Canadler and Mega yeah, Springfield. All, all the guys, man. I mean, it's it's you know they they got me in, they got me hired, and I and I got to work. That's yeah. exactly what I said I needed to do. I wasn't going to sit and I sure. I couldn't sit and sulk, right? right. I was a, yeah. prepping to be a dad yeah. way before I had ever anticipated it. Right. Um, so it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was very humbling, man. It was, uh, it was something that I, that I didn't know that I needed, Yeah, you know? Interesting. It might've come into your life at the right time. I don't, I don't question that. To you. I don't question it for a moment. Wow. I mean, I yeah. was un- undoubtedly unwavered, like it all transpired the exact way that it should. That's I was beautiful. able to get, I was able to cut my teeth. I was able to live out a dream. I was able to meet people I never thought I'd meet, go yeah. places I never thought I'd go, do things I never thought I'd do with with people that got me there. Like these yeah. moments where I had with my parents in these pre-draft workouts. And, you know, my dad, both my parents coming all across the country to watch me play all these years. And, you know, I, I that moment on the beach that I had after I got cut, it was just like, you know, really everything just coming to the forefront of my mind of like all that I've been through. It's like, how can I be upset by any of this? Oh man. That's so beautiful that you can look back and smile on it in that kind of like positive light and pick out the good parts of it. Because there was a lot of beautiful parts to it. hundred percent. So much to be thankful for and so many people to be appreciative of and thankful of that, you know, that, that the game brought into my life and then just the people that were around me that, that helped me get to that point. I mean, it was, the list goes on and on. I mean, if yeah. I could personally thank every single person, I would. I would go hand by hand and shake it and hug them and yeah. everything, you know. Um, but, again, I, I had no time to sulk. I had to go straight into yeah. being a dad, and that was the beauty of it. But, it, you know, life happens quick. And it, yeah. and it seemed like, you know, for me, from the day I got drafted, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's ever stopped since, really. I mean, there's been moments where I feel like you got to decompress a little bit and you finally get to, like, take a wide lens view at all that you've been through. Like, yeah. And then there's also things that happen in life that, that f- bring you dead and stop you dead in your tracks. And you're, and you're forced to look back at all of your experiences and all of the things that you've gone through and all the blessings, all the ups and downs, the battles, trials, tribulations, all that. And, uh, you know, it all happened, like I said, the way that it was supposed to. It was just quicker than what I anticipated. Yeah. You know, yeah. the ride just went by much quicker. So, yeah. you know, my my overarching, I guess, point is just don't don't get lost in whatever it is that you're doing. Like if you're if you're a kid right now and you're going through, you know, a great season or a bad season, just just don't get lost in that. You know, take every day for what it is. Appreciate all that's in front of you. Appreciate what you're able to do from a baseball and a life perspective. I mean, all these things coincide so closely, like yeah. baseball and life. And that's oh, yeah. what the ultimate you know, teacher. this is about. This this podcast is about is, you those, know. Those connect in big yeah, ways. Absolutely. All this, you know, this is all about celebrating successes and, and giving people an opportunity to tell their story. But it's also about, you know, what can what can you give? What what takeaways do you have that may help somebody else? Yeah. You know, and that I was think that was, yeah, if you can pass those lessons on. Yeah. That's one for me is is just take every day and and be grateful that you're that you're here that you have the opportunity to put on a baseball uniform at any level and uh you know just ride it out man man 
you were dropping so much knowledge, buddy. <laughs> this is incredible. You're making this so easy. I, man, I, people are going to love this. Um, so it's over now. Um, we're transitioning into being a dad. We're working at the Bank of Springfield. We're, um, we're you know, working on a better life. If at some point you go back to school here. Yeah, I took uh, that first year that my daughter was born, I took off. So in my contract, and I, I think I failed to mention this, actually, the, <clears throat> the reason why that I, I was, I ended up being so okay with taking less money than my, than my slotted value was that I, I got my final two years of college paid for. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, or like a certain amount that I knew would cover, yeah. you know, two years. So, you know, I took that year uh, that my daughter was born, started school, I think, in 2017 and went consistently until I finished my bachelor's in 2019. I'd worked, you know, several different jobs. I worked for the bank. I sold insurance. Um, yeah, you did a little bit of this and that. Yeah, trying just to trying to find out. my way, man. Yeah. I, you know, I had never thought about a job, right. truthfully. You thought you were going to be the big league. Seriously. You said you are going to be playing with Mookie Betts. I never thought I would have a job ever. Yeah. You know, it was never even a thought. Like, I, I thought, like, when I was a kid, I'd maybe be, like, a sports announcer. Like, because I was obsessed with ESPN. Yeah. I thought that maybe that'd be something cool, but I wouldn't even let myself think of that because I was so one-track-minded on sports. So, yeah. yeah, I spent a good portion of those few first few years out of, out of ball just – trying to find a lane to, to fit into, yeah. you know, and never really found anything that was that fulfilling. Right. And that was a struggle for me. You know, you want to, well, how are you going to find something as fulfilling as baseball? Yeah. It's I mean, like, that's, that's what I always told myself. It. If I find anything that I enjoy half as much as I enjoyed playing baseball, then yeah. I'll know that I found my career. You're never going to find that again. Yeah. I no. don't think. And I, you know, it's the way special. life works, man, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm in something now where I do feel that. And then some, I feel like I'm a yeah. part of something way bigger. Can you tell you, yeah, so I'm in medical device now. I sell, you know, implants that uh, that they use in spine surgery. So yeah. I'm in I'm in surgery all day, pretty much every day. Yeah, work with you know some local doctors, some not so local, but you know, it's uh, it's crazy because my boss is somebody that we hope to bring on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, the way about that a baseball I, connection, you the know? way that I even have this job is is through the game of baseball Absolutely. itself. I mean, yeah. I got this job through a friend of a friend, somebody that I met, um, whose whose son I coached. Uh, he became a, a mentor of mine pretty quickly after you know that I had met him and and coached his son's team we we hit it off and I mean literally the only reason why I have the job in the industry that I have it in is is through the game of baseball through yeah. a friend of a friend and yeah. you know the, the the list of things like that goes on and on I mean the Billy connections Clayton is who we're talking about yeah Bill Clayton yep yep um but the, the famous Clayton baseball fan <laughs> yeah, like I said they we'll hope out. hopefully be a guest on on this show yeah, someday but I mean it, and again the coolest thing about baseball for for those that that get to go and do it, you know, high school and and even more so through college or upper ranks, you know, professionally, is the people that you meet along the way. Um, you know, the the decision that I made to play with the Springfield team when I was 12 years old ultimately had one of the most everlasting effects on my life because yes. of the people that I met. These yeah. are so people that I consider my best friends. Yeah. People that have helped me in business, that I've helped in business, that have helped me get jobs, I've helped them get jobs. Is people I lean into for for life advice, professional advice, career advice. Um, you know, that's not to say I wouldn't have got that if I stayed in Lincoln, but it's just amazing to see, you know, and really look back and, and see all that baseball has given me. Oh, you know, man, all yeah. the connections and, and totally. the doors that it's opened for me, and yeah. just the mindset that it's a, that it's afforded me. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, all that I've went through is you know shape me to who i am and I'm, I'm proud of it all you know i i'm so proud of everything that happened 
There's nothing about it, any of it that I regret. I hold no ill will towards anybody, even the coach that I felt like had it out for me from day one in pro ball. Yeah. I hold no ill will, man. It was such a blessing, such a – just an incredible, you know, time in my life, you know, like anybody that's going to come on here. It's just something that you don't often get a chance to, to talk about. Yeah. Rarely do you even think about it. But yeah, it's been fun to re open up some yeah. of these stories. And I hope, you know, that others – We'll feel the same. I, I think, you know, like we said at the, at the beginning, like you do a very good job of making this very easy, you know, for me and for I anybody that. that that comes on. So I want to come in well prepared and I can have an idea of where I want to go and yeah, have an idea about someone's career before we just start talking yeah. so I can help them. Because it's not always easy to just talk about yourself. Certainly not, man. We were all raised to not talk about ourselves. Yeah. So it's to be sitting here and talking about your story is difficult yeah. at times. And I hope people will, you know, appreciate that for what it is like you're you're you are being handed a microphone and you are being asked to talk about yourself yeah, and for sure. you've done amazing brother you don't have to sure. you know make it anything other than what it is yeah. in, in its simplest form but i hope people find uh some enjoyment and uh hopefully getting to do this themselves brother we've uh man you've taken us on such a journey here this is incredible <laughs> i'm i'm grateful man I'm, i'd I'm like very to, to take us out here with some kind of some questions some baseball Sweet. questions if you're yeah, cool with that absolutely okay and like I'll try to avoid really lengthy ones, but we'll see. Um, an interesting thing that you talked about multiple times was that you're someone that has struggled with kind of like being an anxious player, a guy mm -hmm. at times. And like, do you have any advice for a player coming up that struggles with anxiety and kind of controlling his mind at times? Yeah. Well, first thing I want to say is you're not wrong for having very, very high, sometimes unrealistic expectations for yourself. Mm -hmm. So don't let, the fear of not reaching those goals keep you from setting those goals. Okay. I think a lot of my anxiety was based upon the fact that I had such high expectations for myself. Oh, interesting. And I don't think that I would have succeeded or had as much success as I did or gotten to the places that I got to if I didn't have such crazy, unrealistic expectations. So Damn, that's good. Just understand that there's <laughs> two sides to that coin. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand that early on uh, or, or soon enough, rather that there are two sides to that coin. If you're going to place those expectations on yourself, you better be able to swim in those deep waters that you're putting yourself into. Damn, yeah. You know, and and if you can't then then don't. Then find a new find a new lane to get into. Find a new way to, you know, motivate yourself or or find a new way to to keep your drive alive, but you know, don't be afraid to don't be afraid of stress. Don't be afraid of anxiety. It molds you. It forms you. It turns you into a new person. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you go through things so like unassuming and, and just let things happen as they may, you may miss a few things along the way. So, you know, just breathing, breathing treatment. I mean, for me, it was huge just to focus my, my breath. You know, I Absolutely. would count, inhale for eight, hold for four, breath exhale work. for yeah. eight, you know, just. Absolutely. And I think I shared this on the last one too. Like I watched a YouTube video when I was like eighth grade of, you know, Evan Longoria is, is a major leaguer talking about how. You know, when he's in the box, he steps out and he looks at the left field foul pole. Settle his mind, yeah. Because he knows it's always going to be there. Yeah. You know, fi find something like that. You know, I, when I got into pro ball and I was working with the psychology, uh, the sports team psychologist, uh, he, he talked about having a reset button on your hip. Yeah. You know, you got the easy button on your desk at work, whatever. You smack that thing and you're just, you reset. That's your reset button. You flush the drain. You get all the negative thoughts, all the overwhelming thoughts out of your mind. Yeah. You know, that was a big one for me. Breath work and the reset button on my on my hip. That's beautiful, man. I really appreciate you giving us that advice yeah. here because I, I had struggles with, with that in that same kind of ballpark. Yes, yeah. I think a lot of kids stuff. do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, what is the best baseball movie of all time? Sandlot. 
Sandlot? No question. No question. It's probably like the last movie that I actually saw, like start to finish. Uh, I don't watch movies much, but I've seen Sandlot probably ten thousand times. I don't think life. you can go wrong with that, man. What a, what yeah. a classic! No, I mean I like all of them. Movie. Moneyball, Field of Dreams, they're all good. But for me, it was Sandlot. That was that was a staple in my childhood. What is the best baseball video game of all time? If you <laughs> played baseball video games? Oh yeah, dude, I like the show series. They got this, yeah. this the current one, the MLB the Show, but can't go wrong with like MVP baseball Ooh, back man. on the PlayStation. There was something really special about it. I think it was like 04 with Manny Ramirez and <laughs> Amazing. Uh, they they wouldn't give Barry Bonds his name. They called him like John John Dowd. John Dowd. <laughs> John, Dowd. <laughs> John Dowd hitting he was like right-handed white guy yep. hitting 800 foot home runs. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't give Barry his love, man. John they, Dowd. They would not put Barry in the game. So they made him a right fielder that was white number 99. That's right. hit right-handed. Yeah. Johnny Dowd. No, oh, MVP man. 04 was a that's a legendary what game. What a special game it really was. Yeah. That series. And then it transitioned into NCAA at, at one point. Yeah, that was two, dude, those were games were awesome. And then they too. got rid of it. I should bring but it back, man. Forever cool. forever a classic in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Uh, your favorite metal bat of all time, and then the model of wood bat you used and that you preferred. Favorite metal bat, man. I was in the uh, BESR, like, right. the days of, dude, I was in the days where they were dangerous, and then they went, like, awful. Like, the, <laughs> I was dead. in the BESR to the BB core yeah. transition, and the yeah, first yeah. few BB core bats were pretty good, but the, my favorite bat of all time was the orange stealth. Oh, man. The orange and blue yeah. stealth, dude. That bat was... Not Is that safe. the year that you had at Lincoln Land with? No, that was BB Core. Okay, was we were it at really? BB Core. Yeah, yeah. I used the white Nike, and then we used the Easton bat the next year. Um, wood bat, man. I I had some custom models that I came across in Pro Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, one was uh, through Zinger Bat Company, a KW twenty. What it was called? I believe it was kind of like their spin on a C two forty three with like a the big barrel. Yeah, like a two forty three. I don't think it's it's not C two forty three. It's just two forty three for Louisville. Yeah, the Louisville two, is C two forty three. Okay, so it's there, it was their spin on that in yeah. like a three eighteen S three eighteen. Yeah, oh yeah. The Louis like the most like not customized model. The it was the S three eighteen. Christian Yelich put me on the S three eighteen. I love the S three eighteen as well. Yeah, that was a very good bat, man. It's good. It's like balanced, but it had a little bit of head on it. Dude, I had the great. I had some awesome Louisville bats that were sent to yeah. me once that had. It was all S three eighteens. I've got one of your customs. You gave it to me. It's got <laughs> yeah, Ryan Aper on it. It's one of my prized, buddy. Man, that's a good bat right there. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself in a men's league and you need some lasers? Uh, no, dude, I'm never taking that out of the wrapper. That bat's got no, hits in it. It's I'll special to me. That. It's special <laughs> to me. All right. Yeah, that was my favorite though. Three eighteen. Favorite field you ever played at? Our coolest favorite, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. I think you know Greensboro was one of the coolest just because of the fan engagement. I mean, like I said, we were playing in front of 15,000 on a thirsty Thursday. You got drunk yeah. college kids all over. Yeah. Um, you know, every big league stadium I got to play in, although it was big league spring training games, mm-hmm. like at big league spring training facilities. Still very cool, yeah. Yeah, really cool experiences. Um, minor league-wise, some of the parks that stick out to me, um, from the New York Penn League, Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Maryland. Ironbirds. Ironbirds, yeah. yeah. That was uh, – that yeah, was a it's favorite. A nice yard, yeah. Yeah, very cool place. Just a cool atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina was very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're in the Florida State League, you're playing in the in the big league spring training yeah. on on the field. So you know, any of those fields was was really cool. Those are, those are probably my favorite for yep. sure. All right, best teammate. Hmm. Dusty struggled with this because I I can I can see why it's hard to name like. 
Yeah. That's why I said earlier, you asked my funniest teammate. I think it was just that that group, man, that, that group of the summer ball. that, that we Stallions the best teammates, too. Yeah, yeah, the Stallions were, man. We were just brothers, I mean, truthfully. Our families loved everybody. I mean, it was very tight-knit. Most talented teammate you, or most talented guy you ever played with? I'm going to answer this twofold. Here we go. I'm going to say the guys that did not make it, did not get any That was going to be my next question, so awesome. Thank you for jumping ahead, yeah. And this is not a knock to anybody else that I play with, but the two guys that stick out to me, you know, just in terms of overall talent, were Michael Hurwitz, who played at University of Illinois, and Caleb Howell, uh, who played at Eastern. Those two were – I mean, those were the guys that I was chasing. I always felt like I was chasing them from a talent perspective. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I played with some great pitchers as well. Bryce Oblotny was a very good pitcher. He went to Carbondale. And then, man, uh, from, the, from the professional side, um, I played with um, – Yeah, that's a good one. Teammate, right? Teammate, not guys I played against. Teammate. You can say if someone you played against. Well, sure. I mentioned the Greenville team earlier. Um, Greenville Drive is a Red Sox affiliate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they literally have four All Stars on their team, yeah. four future All Stars on their team at once. Yeah. You know, a, a fifth or sixth big league guy. Now, uh, Michael Chavez as well, but I mean, Yoan Mancata, Rafael Devers, Andrew Benatendi, Michael Kopech. Yeah, those names are Michael nice. Chavez. They got Sam Travis. I mean, these are these are show league guys. Yeah. Um, teammate wise, though, man, mm, I played with some pitchers that were, you know, very very good that that are in the big leagues now. Um, one of my favorite guys, I guess, that I always cheered for that I, that was in the Marlins organization was a guy by the name of Austin Dean. Um, a, a roommate of mine for a brief period of time, Brian Anderson. He's in the big leagues yeah, right now with the Brewers, sure. having a great start to his year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just a hitter, man. I have to share a quick story about Brian. So Brian got drafted out of Arkansas, like second or third round, and this was my second year in the Penn League. Was his draft year, mm-hmm. so I I didn't know Brian at all. Had no idea who he was. He gets drafted with another kid from Arkansas, and they're kind of buddies coming in. And Brian's like, I'm gonna hit a home run my first at bat. I remember my first at bat in pro ball, I'm like, yo, okay, dude. His buddy, <laughs> Eric Fisher, who came with him from Arkansas, was like, no, dude. Like, when he says shit like that, he actually Happening. does it. He hit a bomb his oh, first shit. at bat. Wow. Yeah, and it was like then I was like, I'm all in on Brian Anderson. <laughs> Guy's, you know, still in the league. So Guy's magic. I would say Brian was okay. Brian was, was up there for sure. All right. Uh, the best coach or your favorite manager that you ever played for? Hmm. I mean, best coaching staff was at Lincoln Land for sure, just yeah. from a from a human being standpoint. Well said. Um, Justin, you know, from a, from a Justin Knadler. Yeah. Justin Knadler from a, you know, a, a baseball specific, like whether it be hitting, you know, the, the best hitting instruction that I would say I received was from Justin. Cool. Um, and then, you know, I got the opportunity to, you know, work with Andy Barquette who ended up in the big leagues for a while as a big league hitting coach. He was uh, just a, an incredible human being, man. Just a very smart guy, very, very baseball savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a guy I'll never forget either. Just he had that aura about him that was like, this guy's different. This yeah. is a big league coach, you know, right here for sure. What was the most fun year in baseball for you? Yeah, I gotta go. Twenty thirteen, man. Yeah, I gotta not, go. Twenty thirteen, yeah. Magic. I mean, it didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but just you know. From a from a selfish standpoint, sure. Having just, the, the greatest season of your career. Yeah, everything was just very very easy. Yeah, lined up. Everything was very easy that year. Most memorable game of your life. 
or best game if you want to say. I'll, that there's like. two, so I'll give you a college one. I didn't really have many like memorable us, uh, you know, minor league games. I had one that was, uh, you know, I was in uh, at Lincoln Land, and I was sick as a dog, man. I was super dehydrated. It was a regional game, mm-hmm. first round of regionals. Uh, I was sick, sick. I was drinking Pedialyte just to be able to get on the field. I ended up going five for five that game. I was oh like boy. the first player in like Region Twenty Four history or something to, to go, go five, five for five in a game, and I was literally going in and laying down. Like if I wasn't on the field, I was laying down in the dugout. Like I was like not a Jordan well. flu game. I, yeah, it was. It was my yeah. dehydration, like flu bug, or what? <laughs> I don't know what it was. I yeah. was not well. Um, professionally, man, uh, there was a couple. So my mom was there. My both my parents were there for my first professional home run in uh, State College, Pennsylvania. I was on a terrible stretch. Could not hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> Uh, I was late in the game. I hit a home run uh, to put us up and actually win the game late. So that was really cool that they were there for the first one. And then uh, I think, man, this is this is might have been the last game that my dad got to watch me play. I made one of the most amazing, like one of those catches that you make where you stand up and you're like, "How the hell did I just do that?" <laughs> How's this in my glove right Seriously, now? Seriously, <laughs> no, it was exactly like that. I broke straight back on a ball. I put my head down. I I looked up just in time to go full extension, running straight back, and made like a sweeping diving yeah. straight back catch. And my dad was actually like posted up in the outfield at <laughs> oh, the wow. time. Got great view of it. Might have even gotten like a picture of me diving for this That's ball, so cool. but. That might have been, I think, if it wasn't the last game, it was definitely one of the, one of the last games that my dad got to see me play. Yeah. And uh, I just remember just thinking to myself, like, if that is it, like, I, you know, I gave him something to – I think I might have hit a home run the day before. Like, when my parents were in town, I always did really good, dude. Yeah, so we in pro ball. My parents come. I always did really well. But that that moment for sure was, from a, from a game standpoint, was probably the coolest. Just that catch that I made I was probably the best of my life. Yeah. You know, knowing my dad got to see it was – was really cool. That's sp- really special. Yeah, yeah. The pre-game rituals or superstitions that you I was a big music had. guy. What? A, 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 I was a big music guy. I was yeah. always just dancing, rapping, bopping. singing, bopping. Yeah, I was doing it all, man. I was high energy. I was always messing around, trying to just get people to laugh. But yeah, I was I was always in music, big time. I was always headphones in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that was my ritual. I would say just all right, jamming out. Well, buddy, we're at the end here. It's been so, a pleasure, man. Man, what a fun experience! It's been a pleasure, been. man. It really has been. This has been so fun for me to hear you go through your story. We're we're close. We're close friends, so I know a lot of this. But yeah. we went into layers that we've never talked about before, and I think yeah. you just dropped so much knowledge. And one thing I wanted to leave you with before we we get out of here is that you had such an impact on the Lincoln Land program. I I just I want you to know it because I just think that for years to come, Lincoln Land the program is going to be able to say, you know, we had this guy that was. A sixth round pick you know he got quarter million dollars he mm-hmm. was player of the year so nobody can go to Lincoln Land and say I'm bigger than Lincoln Land I can't be here it's mm-hmm. just they can always point to you and that success you had same with Justin you know yeah well the, the coolest thing about that is now like they've got a more recent graduate Nick Maton who's sure. in the show right now right yeah you know and it's like I'm not going to take any credit for him going there I know he went d1 out of col- or out of high school first I, yeah. I believe at least I don't know him personally I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the kid but, uh, yeah, I mean, that to me, like I said, I don't take any credit for him going there. I know the way that I, Bull, I'll give you some credit. I know the way that Bull recruits, yeah. and I know that he uses players that have had success as exactly. a selling pitch. Like, to That's your point, you yeah. don't have to go to the big schools to be the guy. Right. And uh, You can do it right here. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that I would say about that, I mean, first of all, thank you for, for saying that. I appreciate sure. that. It means a lot to me. It's something I hold, you know, very 
near and dear to my heart is that program in and of itself and all the people that have come before yeah. me and come after me. I'm very proud to be a logger too. Yeah, it's a, it's a brotherhood, man. And if any of those kids ever need anything, whether they play with me or not, I hope that they know they could reach out. I sure. was, you know, always told that, you know, I was Same. able to talk to O'Malley a few times. Yeah. It's a good, it's a very good place to be. And, uh, yeah, just never, never assume that there's a, there's a one way ticket to where you want to be. Yeah. I would, that would be my biggest thing. Uh, and I had to accept that too, but don't be afraid to bet on yourself. I mean, it, it yeah. takes a, a set of cojones for sure to yeah. maybe turn down a mid-major D1 school to say, I'm going to go focus solely on baseball, sure. you know, and obviously get your grades. You know, I'm not saying yeah. totally check out and be an idiot, but yeah, no, you're not too big for it. I mean, if you're yeah. good, they're going to find you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So thank you again. You took us on the journey of, you know, being at the top of the <laughs> mountain to being at the very bottom quickly. You were very open with all your struggles and you, what you've been through. And I just want to say thank you so much for that. Um, like I always say, I'm, I'm a big believer in time being the most valuable thing we have. So thank you for giving me some of your time. Everyone out there listening, thank you for giving me some of your time. And uh, stay tuned. We've got more guests coming up. And this was amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Abe. Yeah, man. Thank you again. Just like you said, we've got more, more to come. So stick around. All right, brother. We are out.